And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. We got Chris Thomas, Jamal Thomas. And you listen to the You're the Best Sports Show, Sports for the Culture, every Tuesday from six to eight p.m. Eastern Time on ninety-eight point five WJYN, Uptown Radio, Fox Online Music Box, and officially live on YouTube on ninety-eight point five WJYN. What is going on, people? What is going on? It is a scorching summer day here. In scorching up. is an understatement, Chris. Yeah. And listen, I, I just, listen. I said scorching because like that wind would all of a sudden come out like the last five minutes. No, the last five minutes, and it wasn't inconvenient for anything at all. It wasn't the most randomly placed gust of wind in the history of time. But that's neither here nor there. I wonder how everybody else is doing out here in this heat. Please stay hydrated. Please make sure you're under a cool fan, a cool AC, one of your your grandmama's church fans. Stay inside under a tree of shade, something. Speaking of church, if you got one of them church fans, man, you might as well put that wrist to work, man. For, for sure, for sure, for sure. That was a crazy statement, but for sure. And if you want, and if you're still near, you're listening to us. If you want to call to join the discussion, that number is simple. It's two one five seven six three nine five nine six. Can you give it to him one more time? Two one five seven six three nine five nine six. It's plain and simple, man. If you want to call in, join the discussion, ask us any sort of questions in regards to the sports spectrum, we will do our best. Okay, so. I know there's a bunch of sports stuff to talk about. Shohei, baseball, NBA stuff, football's around the corner, hockey. Can we talk some wrestling to start off? Sure, go ahead. All right, so some stuff I wanted to ask you about and get your opinion on. Okay, we've you know, the phrase among, I guess, the IWC, but screw the IWC, the phrase amongst our friends yeah. is that Hunter's cooking right now. And he has been for, what, let's just say a year straight. Like every PLE, every NXT PLE, every at this point, Raws and SmackDowns barely miss. Is this the best period of wrestling since Ruthless Aggression era? Are are because like we love the Attitude Era. We're both Attitude Era babies, but we grew up in the Ruthless Aggression era. For people who don't know, so that's two thousand two yeah. to two thousand eight. Is this at this point, at its height, with all the players you have, everything going on, is this a better wrestling product or is this at a better height than that hollowed era of all our guys? All our guys now being either Cena's the only one left and not no, Randy, no. Who's left? All I Ray. 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 The GOAT. So I ask, has this eclipsed everything? And to set the stage for people to context, you have Walter about to Break Honky Tonk Man's Intercontinental Championship record that is what twenty five years old at this point thirty five yeah. years old excuse me. Um, Roman Reigns is on a historic uh, championship run, probably the best in wrestling history that I've ever seen. I never saw Bruno be champion. I wasn't alive for Hulk, but from what I'm hearing from their impact, from the storytelling, from the in ring work, I, Reigns is it, man. Um, you got Rollins as one of the best world champions in recent years, and it's awesome to see him being able to redeem his 2019 failure as the guy and now be able to thrive in that spot as the guy. You got Finn. The Judgment Day is awesome. Uh, Imperium is, is uh, the tag team division, and you still got people to come. Melo is coming down the pipeline. Grayson Waller's just warming up. Uh, Braun Breaker is going to be on the main roster soon. What's going to happen with Schism? Like, it's just so much talent, and all of it feels like, if not being used right, being used at least close enough to right that you're not upset. And so I hand you over the floor to say, this era right now that we are in, in the midst of this 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 boom, 
versus that hallowed era. And you can pick any like peak of that era. Is it on par with it? Yeah. What was so hollow about it? Well, I know we just regard like the in ring ability and 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 the stars that were there and like we're not even because if you're saying from 02 to 08 you're like you're pretty much saying like okay later career hbk kurt hunter jericho uh rock or goldberg lesnar somewhere in there edge punk hardy like just the guys who we talking about from 2002 to 2008 who walked through the doors of wwe 90 percent not 90 percent that's a crazy number a good 45 to 50% of them are either legends or close to being legends. And so I say for now with this roster, with the product that's being put on, you watching every week, is it on par with this so far? Or yet, rather. Okay, so let's just go on a case by case. An average episode of Raw during, you know, the Reign of Terror would be Triple H opening segment for 20 minutes, trying to hear himself talk. Random mid-card match. A women's, seg- women's division segment will probably only be like one segment for about five to ten minutes. Yep. Decent match on the run. Then like you got a main event surrounding whether it be Evolution, Shawn Michaels, or RVD. That sounds all right. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds like a nice TNN night. I'm um, sorry, Spike TV night. Yeah. And uh, an average episode of SmackDown would be... Either they would start off with wrestling or, like, dang, like, I, it would literally start out with a wrestling match. SmackDown was just better at that era. Yeah. It was very weird because, especially, like I said, yeah. growing up and being some sort of, uh, 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 like I said, fusion between being an Attitude Era baby and between being a ruthless aggression kid is that. Monday Night Raw is supposed to be the flagship, and Monday Night Raw feels like a big deal again. Which in this the the post brand split brand split brand split <laughs> hasn't always felt like the case, especially with Reigns primarily working Fox on SmackDown. With I'm yeah. sure Fox being like, "We want Reigns." I think that's been the difference. I think ever since they were like, "Yeah, Raw needs a champion and needs to be there every week," or like have some sort of presence as opposed to just having Roman just randomly show up if he feels like it. And I feel like because of that, Seth has never looked better. The Judgment Day has a legitimate purpose now. Yes. Um, And, like, when it devolves into, like, let's just say it's time for Gunther to, like, finally get an opportunity to belt Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes, it, it looks better because of the fact that you're now on a show fighting for something. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, I I think the thing you just pointed out to me that kind of stands out, and we kind of should talk about, is no one feels listless. You're either on TV for a reason, or you're just not on TV. But no one I feel like who comes out at this point that I can think of, and maybe you can correct me if you can think of anybody as well, who comes out at this point, you're like, what are you doing? What's your story? What am I supposed to be invested in? I don't feel that way. Like every like Bronson Reed is a monster. Uh, Dom is a, a jerk and learning how to win under <laughs> under talented guys. Priest wants to be the man. Finn's trying to hold on to the spot as the man. Reed is dominant. Like I know I can give you anecdotes about everybody that I see on TV consistently. They're doing something. They're working towards something. 
that I can't say that for the first time. I'm excuse me. I feel like that's the first time in a long time that I can say that about the WWE product. That's not small snippets. Like that's not black and gold NXT or a couple of months where Vince has lost his mind and is actually booking well. And I hate to say that because it sounds like I'm armchair booking, but I'm not. It's just like unequivocally this feels different. The energy, and even if it is still Vince, okay, he was smart enough to placebo affect us into liking what he wanted. Cool. I was my plan all along. That was my plan all along. I mean, y'all think Triple H took over, but I'm really booking this, and I just want to see if y'all would just cheer anything that's not me and i'm just book everything the opposite and it's like yeah we act like that's what it is and the funny thing is like certain people already do that if there's something they like oh triple it's crooked however they feel like something stupid or like a waste of time you're like yep we can tell vince booked this i'm like how can you tell i didn't know he was in the meeting rooms real talk yep vince could be in acapulco when they doing that yep and uh speaking of real talk i think we should go into uh um, Diving into a little bit of the NBA, you know, Daryl Morey had an interview um, that was today. He talked about he did talk about the James Harden situation, uh, about whether or not if him, him and Embiid could play together, and revisit the original trade. <laughs> so listen, I know you. I know that you at least like read the read the, read the anecdotes for regards to that uh, the interview. So, mm-hmm. like, what are your what are your what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a typical Daryl Morey interview. Like for me, he kind of gave Dancy around answers, nothing concrete, and left everything open ended, which is smart from his angle because it leaves him to be able to say, "Well, I never told you I was bringing him back, and I never told you I wasn't." Yes, it is true we want James Harden here. It's also true that we have a price that we're going, we're not willing to go past. In a price that he clearly feel like he feels like he deserves to be paid. Thusly, an impasse has been reached. So, yeah. I think the most interesting thing is is that Daryl really just said that he pushed for he pushed hard to trade for guys like Tyrese Herlebury. However, but the deal was, and I quote, never available. Morris says the Harden deal was the only one available. So my thing is, is that was that really the only one available or like the only one you were willing to set yourself to? Because there were multiple offers. Like originally when Ben was like, I went out, I went out of Philadelphia. You did have some teams that were inclined in terms of getting it. However, they weren't ready to like really meet your demands. Exactly. So. So honestly, it's going to look like a so. We got a long, yeah, then a Ben Simmons 2.0 situation. I'm like, this could develop into a situation in which Harden is on the team and he is getting paid handsomely, but he's not going to step on the court. No, he would still play. He would just, he's almost worse than Ben because Ben at least was like, I'm going to sit out instead of just actively sabotaging y'all on the floor. Harden's like, no, I'll get some cardio and just do nothing. Yeah. How long and that would annoy me. And, but how long do you think that's going to last? Probably a, uh, a couple of games before they decide to set him down or try to trade him faster. Yeah. But the ultimate question I have is that at this point, and it's like I brought it up last week, it's like Houston really didn't get nothing of true significance back for James Harden outside of draft outside of draft capital. Yep. Philly ha- Philly had to, the Sixers had to add um, two first round picks and like. 
two key two contributing role players as opposed to what they were doing um just to get James Harden as opposed to like throwing throwing Ben Simmons just to get rid of Ben Simmons for Harden exactly and it's like now he's 34 years old he can't really get by you know the upper elite teams except like on occasion like the lowest of lows is just really bad in regards to when you're looking at a star player and it's like there's no true market value for him once like Houston was like yeah no we're not interested in James Harden in like any sort of situation I don't know where that report came from and then yeah, he Doka come out saying he doesn't want to coach James Harden. And yeah, Jalen Green said that I don't know how this is going to work. Exactly. So there's little to absolutely no market value. The Clippers want him, but they don't want to give up anything of true significance for him. So when people don't want to trade Terrence Mann for you, it's kind of bad. Yeah. So the whole original part was like, oh, well, Harden's opting in and trying to help us. With a trade. I'm like, no, there was literally nowhere else for him to go. Or he'd be there right now. Yeah, exactly. Because that's a potential, say, a thirty-five million. That's a near thirty million dollar pay cut if you if you wanted to actually go play for the Clippers. Yeah, where that man lives, he can't afford to give up thirty thirty million. Nope. So. Yeah. So this is going to be, that being said, it's, it's like the end of the moment. Your time to shine, baby. Get that value up. What? Nothing. He was just awesome most of the regular season, and it sucked when it mattered. It's just a reoccurring theme in regards to all of this. Oh, man, you're so awesome in the regular season. I don't know why you just aren't good enough to finish the job. And it's like the most frustrating thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Once again, you're listening to 98.5 WJYM, the running back sports show, Sports for the Culture. If you want to call to join the discussion, that number is 215-763-9596. And I got a little game for for you, game for y'all, if, you know, for our, for our future call, for our potential callers. And I've just seen this on Twitter. Um, when you call in and at the near end of our discussion, name a wide receiver that you thought that was going to be the next big thing but just didn't pan out for you. You already know who I'm calling with. Flash. Uh, uh, why'd you have to do all those drugs? <laughs> I'm sorry. That was rude. Oh, man. Should have listened to Ricky. Ricky was doing drugs too. Yeah, I know. That no, he was like, "Yo, if they would have," Ricky literally said, "If y'all would have let me smoke weed, I, I would have been a Hall of Famer." He should still be a Hall of Famer, yes. <laughs> he had eighteen hundred yards as a Dolphin. Man, I forgot how much of a problem he was, man. And uh, you know, funny enough, I didn't mean to like bring up the entire. This was by accident, but. I think also now it's time to dive into the segment of uh, NFL running backs not getting paid. Like, we're now seeing a massive influx of teams being massively reluctant to pay the big bucks to their to, to their star running backs. Whether it's Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, um, Austin Eckler with the Chargers, and now exactly. we're seeing the big... 
the one, the biggest one that's uh, on display right now, Sa- Saquon Barkley, or some people like to call him Saquad. When you got you got Derrick Henry who has his back secured chiming in, you got Le'Veon kind of staying around the situation. Is is look the running backs over the past ten or fifteen years? Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor. You know who's aged really well, like just in this story or in their narrative rather. What Le'Veon Bell? Like seriously, because that's what he was. Like you think he didn't want to be a Steeler for life and win? He had to think like, wait a minute. In two years, they can say I'm done and get rid of me. Yeah. At least he knew for nothing else. I'm walking with this 19 million from here. Exactly. So I'll be I'll be anxious to see what the uh, the next step is. Yeah. I mean, also just recently we've seen Joe Mixon take like a significant pay cut to stay with the Bengals as well. Oh, he did take a pay cut today. Yeah. Crazy. One year deal, right? Yeah. Shout out to Mixon. He's like better than himself. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's going to be a free agent next year. Just like Zeke Elliott, just like Dalvin Cook, just like Kareem Hunt. I just want to let you know that's seven running backs. You just I'm about to say that's three Pro Bowlers, right? Three Pro Bowlers. That's just sitting on the scrap heap. Yes. For lack of a better term. Because of the Consistent devaluement of the running back position. Do you think in the next CBA there should be some sort of hard cap for running back? Like, hey, no, you can't pay a back less than this if you're playing on starting them. I think if – I don't think it's going to come to pass, but there has to be some sort of clause in place because – because think about it, like the most, the biggest trend now when you see running backs is that they play for four years. Yep. They tag you either one or two more years. And then after that, after they've used you so much to the point where like you're like 25, 30% of your offense, like Saquon Barkley is, you have like no value on the open market and nobody wants to pay you the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. It's the most. In terms of the volume of carries that you're going to get, even in the two running back system or uh, carries by committee, it's devalued so much because of one, the amount of wear and tear in terms of how much tu- how many touches you're going to get, as opposed to if you're if you're a quarterback, if you're a wide receiver, if you're a tight end. Shoot, even at this point, offensive line, man, it don't matter how old they get, they still get in their bag, but. And also, too, it's like just the just the accessibility of, okay, you can get this fifth-round rookie who provides the same dynamics in terms of what your offense needs right now so you don't have to go ahead and you pay this guy who was a good contributor for your offense. You can just go ahead and swap that rookie contract out for another rookie contract. No, for sure. <sighs> yeah, I do What do you think? Like, if you're arguing on behalf of running backs for the CBA, okay. So I'm thinking, uh, call it call it like the hard cap running back clause. So pretty much it would be like, let's just say with the franchise tag, the positional average is like six six point no, like maybe like seven point something for for a running back. Yeah. 
let's just go with that. I feel like that feels like the average running back makes seven million, even though I feel like that's high. Yeah. But um, if we go with that, you can't pay a starting running back less than seven million. So if you want to pay a guy that's designated as two or three and he has to play later in the year, okay, cool. But if you're designated running back one, if they get over a certain amount of carries or something happens or like some some way that you can guarantee that they at least get a hard capped minimum. No, I agree. I think another thing that I feel like that kind of needs to get rid of altogether is that the constant use of the constant use of the franchise tag. I feel like that in a way kind of needs to be abolished or like not be constantly used in the way that it constantly has been using. You know, in certain situations, it's like you get to use the franchise tag twice. Like, in my honest opinion, I feel like either get rid of it because at that point you should know, like, how much you're going to be paying your paying your guy. Or at the very least, you know, you need another year to, like, reset and, like, reevaluate in terms of, like, if this guy is going to be, you know, your guy going forward or, you know, you just want to get rid of him. I feel like you can only use the franchise tag only once um, on a player. I mean, personally, that's how I've been feeling for years. I feel like you can only use a franchise tag at the very least, like, one time for, like, any player. Yeah, no. Um, I, well, first of all, I hate the franchise tag. Second of all, I hate that it can be used three years consecutively because I feel like that obviously – it gives some credence and some leverage to the team. And I get it. Player empowerment, we're all about that on a running back sports show. But also what I will say is sometimes I feel like these players can be taken advantage. These, Well, I'm sorry. In this situation, it's the, it's the organization being able to be able to take advantage. But the fact that that organization has that fail-safe for the franchise tag, there needs to be something for these players. So it's like it feels like, okay, for example, right, you could be a guy that was really good, right? Yeah. But your team doesn't franchise tag you. So, yeah, someone else may pay you. But nine times out of ten, what happens there is somebody's going to lowball you unless you're going to get a team who's just going to super overpay. That was why when Le'Veon went from the Steelers to a really mediocre Jets team, if you remember correctly, it was just like everybody was like, what? But in his mind, he was like, I don't care about competing. I want this money. Yeah. I'm going to need this. Yeah. Got a caller. 98.5 WJYN. Chris, my boy, how have you been? Hey, Warren, how's it going? How you feeling? I can't call it. How are you? Oh, man, I'm good. Yes, yes. I just want you to know, have you have you seen my bears in the offseason? Have you, have you, have you seen, have you seen them? Yeah, I, I've seen them. Have you, have you, have you seen my boy Justin cooking in the kitchen? Mid. Receivers? Who said mid? Oh, uh, you know, uh, your, 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 your sworn enemy, uh, Jamal. Oh, the man who, who super, the man who lost to the, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, Mahomes. I got it. That guy. Hey, listen, no, listen. I see. Here's one thing we've we've had we've had many a battle, Warren. But you know, I give credit where credit is due. Mahomes. Oh, no, you gave Mahomes the respect. Mahomes is the best quarterback in football for a reason, and he carried his team to a win. I can't dispute that. I would just, however, like to say that I would love to see what would happen in a rematch. But as for your Bears, I kid, I kid about you being mid, bars. But, um, no, Justin Fields is uh, growing on me. I know Chris is a big fan because of the Buckeye connection. 
Uh, I really do like what you guys do, and I think DJ Moore is going to be great for him. I think, I think like, if there's an archetype of player, I don't know if you were listening to the show last week when we did the archetype of quarterbacks, but if there's an archetype of player, I call it like the Stefan Diggs type receiver where it's like, I'm not really super fast, but I can go by you. I'm really great route runner, strong hands. Like, I can just do everything super well and technical. I think if Stefan Diggs is the best at that, I would make the case that, to me, the second person behind him as that jack-of-all-trades guy, or at least in the top five, is DJ Moore. So the fact that you got a guy who can be the X when you need an X, be the Y when you need a Y, he can play in the slot, he can take reverses, he can jet sweeps, whatever you need, he can be an accessible piece to that. I think truly that adds a lot into the situation with um Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with a lot of your sentiments. I think the having a true number one and, and at the end moving Mooney to where I think is he's best suited, which is like a two. I think that'll allow them both to thrive. Then we have um who uh Chase Claypool, big receiver that could be a three. We got Cole Komet, the safety blanket. And if we just kind of adhere to the run game, I, I, true, I, I, it's far-fetched for me, but I think our best ceiling is like 10-11 wins. I think we could really win this division. I, I know people are in love with Detroit and their offense, I know, but I, I feel like Minnesota's going to take a step back with Dalvin Cook and their one score, you know, their record of one score games is not going to replicate uh, Green Bay, I think they have the worst quarterback in the whole entire division. Uh, and I think Detroit, uh, I think really Detroit, uh, they they can really surprise people this year or they could be the same Detroit Lions that ain't won a division in 30-some-odd years since Barry. So I just, you know, I, you know, the offensive line holds up. Um, if our defense improves from last year and if Justin Fields takes this leap that, he should, you know, it's no excuses now. And I was one of the people that would be like, well, he ain't have no help for real, but now he has help. And it just has to, it's just all about execution. This is really, this is really just for Justin Fields to just grow on what he's been doing the last two years. Yeah, I, um, Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Corey Moore. I just came in a little late. Oh, so. is, is, is it that guy? Wait, you were you were the guy that that you you if I'm not mistaken, you were the guy who said that Roman Reigns should retain against Cody or WrestleMania. You, correct? Oh yes, I am the wise one. Oh no, I still <laughs> think that was the most egregious wrestling decision I've ever seen in my life. But but you know, you uh, know, we're talking about football. Yeah, I um. It was absolutely perfect, um, the culmination of how that saga happened to WrestleMania. And going, um, expanding on that, I would actually say, I actually agree with you when it comes to the Bears. I um, am not um, a fan like Chris is. Uh, Chris is, every time I swear I see him, he's always talking about Justin Fields or something of that nature. Well, he loves so, Ohio State, so, you know, he's got to believe in Ohio State. Yeah, he definitely has that uh, that fealty and that loyalty to the university. But more or less, you know, Chris is also – university. My bad. I'm sorry. I, I knew I was going to get it. Uh, <laughs> Chris also is smart enough to understand a good quarterback when he sees one. Justin Fields is a very good quarterback. As long as he continues to develop, there is no – sky for him there's no limit like you know he is essentially limitless he has the arm he has the mobility you know um he's actually ex- a pretty smart kid um so it's not really that difficult to stretch an imagination to believe that justin fields could help this team ascend next year with that being said seeing him as a division winner 
I don't know if I'll go that far. I could say that maybe you'll be pushing for, you know, the final wild card spot. But I will have to be honest. I am nowhere near as down on Jordan Love as the rest of the world. I really think Jordan Love is about to shock the world. And I think that I, when he I, hits that, that field um, come September, because I don't care nothing about the preseason, but when he hits that field come September, he's in a very offense, small, man. small sample size that I've seen him, especially when he played against us, that boy scares me. Um, he scared me in college because he, he had the arm. I think he can win them. I can, I think he can win them six, seven games max. I think that what a lot of people I know it's fun to rag on him because of it. You know he's eccentric and he does he does psychedelics. But they're gonna miss a, they're gonna miss a a Ron more than any. You know. Warren, you still there? Hello, Warren. Did Warren just lose an asteroid? Yeah, I, I, no, I, I think uh, they're, I think. Are, they're are you taking some food. psychedelics also, man? No, no, I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers. Them, them missing him is going to be, it, it's going to hurt them. Like I think they're going to fall apart without him. I don't, I, I don't <laughs> it, you know, they had. I, I don't think Jordan Love is this great quarterback. I think he's going to be really like average, if not mediocre, all season. I think the all, I think the team wow. is not going to be very good, and they're going to get rid of him. They ain't trying to see a black man make it. Wow. Hey, uh, man. Hey, the only black, the only there's only a few black quarterbacks in the league that that are that, that are great that I want to see and win a ring one day. I want to see Lamar win a ring one day. I want to go. I want to. I want to go ahead and see Jalen Hurts win a ring so I can eat a Philly cheesesteak with you guys. I want to see. You know, uh, of course, in Patty, I trust. I've been saying that for about five years now. I want to see Justin Fields be productive because I don't think the Bears will ever win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. So I got to be realistic. <laughs> oh, don't be that. Don't oh, be no. That. No, he, he can do that. Used to say oh, he can no. do that. He can totally do that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I am, 30, I am 30. I saw Rex Grossman take us to the Super Bowl and lose to Peyton Manning and company. You can't tell me nothing about pain when it comes. I had a man called Sexy Rexy as my star quarterback. I, I mean, Sexy Rexy was good that year, though. No, he wasn't. No, he, he no, actually he like wasn't. wasn't good. He was he good. Just didn't he didn't screw it up. He was better than no, Colin Kaepernick. No, he threw he threw twenty three touchdowns and twenty picks. Tell me how he that's just, good. So we just gonna skip over that. <laughs> I mean, I, no, 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 no. Time out. I'm sorry, Warren. Time out. You said Rex Grossman was better than Colin Kaepernick. That year, he was more effective. He didn't cost them the games. Colin sure did. And but the Bears season? were never in the game. <sighs> yeah, and but, what world I mean, is prime Colin Kaepernick not better than Rex Grossman? Well, prime Colin Kaepernick is and much Devin better. Hester I'm talking about that particular seven. year. I'm talking about when you put Super Bowl year versus <laughs> uh, a- NFC Colin Championship Kaep- year, Kaepernick cost him the game. Kaepernick went to the Super Kaepernick Bowl, too. Yeah, they, he cost him the game. Went, Do we want to recall? Kaepernick, what, what happened in the Super Bowl? Yeah. They defense let up 28 points, and then they had cool. to come back from behind. No, let's not talk about defenses. We're we not talking about defenses. I'm still not over January. I mean, um, I mean, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm mean, going to bring I it mean, up, bro. Let's, 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 call it, let's call it a buck. Kaepernick didn't lose in that game when Sherman did. Sherman made a heck of a defensive play. Yes, and one of the, the best iconic, in playoff history. He had, just come and then he had, he had one of the most the iconic viral rants of Richard all Sherman time about, about a sorry receiver. That's what happened. Uh, Kaepernick didn't play bad that game. Kaepernick threw a great pass that got a, a better defensive effort. Rex Grossman literally threw a pick six. Don't talk about sexy Rexy. 
Don't you dare talk about sexy Rexy. I can. I can. I can. I will. Kyle Orton was better. Kyle Orton was better. Kyle Orton was totally better. I was a huge Kyle Orton. You know what? You are y'all both are gonna stop talking about Kyle Orton like Kyle Orton was anything better than Rexy, sexy Rexy. He was. Kyle Orton was a game manager. I give me Gene Banks over Rex Grossman. Who? Kyle Orton was. Give me Sean King over. over Whoa, whoa, whoa! No one ever disrespects Sean King's name. Give me Jeff Blake over sexy Rexy. Dear Lord. Give That's me, bad. Give me Chicago Bears legend Nick Foles over him. Yo, oh, watch him out. See now, see now, you yeah, almost yeah, brought the Philly out of yeah, me. Yeah, you almost brought the Philly out of me. Nobody talks about Nick Foles. I don't care where you're at. If you excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I said Chicago Bears legend. I didn't say anything about him. No, no, he's not a Bears legend. He's a Bears legend. What match he had was all. Oh, oh. Does he have a statue outside of Soldier Field? Oh, that's right. Y'all don't have a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter. Nick Foles is a legend no matter where he goes. Just like Allen Iverson left the city of Philadelphia, went to Denver, and was still a legend. Maybe y'all should work on that Jim McMahon statue. Whoa, Jim McMahon was good. Nick Foles is a legend for you guys. I'm talking about what he did for us. That's not his fault. Y'all team was terrible. I mean, the Chicago Bears are notoriously horrible. I mean, since yeah, Brian Erlacher, you haven't been good, if we're going to be honest about the Ooh. thing. Hashtag, I mean, no, should have paid Cedric Benson. Y'all had Jay Butler. I mean, and I can afford to talk. I come from a city that literally is notoriously bad at sports. We oh, are oh, no, we have oh, super no. fandom for every sports team that it never wins anything. That's why we get got so hyped for 08. That's why we got so hyped for 17. That's why we're going to get hyped for 24. That's why we're going to get hyped for 25. We got hyped for 22. What happened in 22? Everybody lost. Why, why do you think I'm not mentioned in 22? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> took an L in the title game. Everybody I, I, lost. I, I, I except the Flyers. They're perpetually they just, losing. They we just, were, they're just, they're a joke. They're that friend that never forget. gets. We were good. They're Pat Oswald from King of Queens. Listen, I don't, I like you, Warren. Warren, you sound like my type of friend. It sounds like me and you, if we, if I went to Chicago, we could meet up at Blackfin, get some nice good eats. We can go to catch a game at Soldier Field. I'm down for that. But the reality is, Warren, you're also just like me at age 25. You're just optimistically, optimistically hopeful about a team that's just never going to accomplish anything while you're still young. The, the Chicago just, Bears will I never do anything while Jalen Hurts is quarterback for my team. The Chicago Bears will never do anything as long as Jordan Love is in Green Bay because I'm going to put money down that Jordan Love is actually better than what people think. And then on top of that, Chicago Bears won't do anything if y'all stop drafting players that, honestly, you could wait for. I mean, can, can, I, can I take this back just a second? I am still upset at the fact that you had the chance, the chance to not only draft Beach and Jalen. That's the reality. We could talk about how Bijan was drafted by the Falcons, but let's be real. Chicago has crazy draft capital. You need playmakers. You need stars. You got Justin Fields, star. You need bona fide guys that's going to put fans in their seats and make us believe that, oh, my gosh, we may have a chance. The same way Donovan made us believe we had a chance in 2000 and 2001 before Andy Reid took us to the promised land. I just don't see it happening for Chicago. The thing is, I I don't like I said I expect us to just because how we played last season, even though we were three and fourteen, we literally lost like a handful of games because of the incompetency of my offensive players. That's true. And we could we could have easily we could have easily been a eight nine win team just given how like the the, the end of game situations really turned out. Now that we have competent skill receivers. 
I believe those losses would have turned into wins. I believe if Justin Fields makes this leap, and the fact that the NFC outside of you guys, because I really only am afraid of you guys, because San Francisco, for as great as they are, McCaffrey's their starting quarterback as of right now, as far as I'm concerned. I like him. I like Warren. I, you know, you know, Dak Prescott. His, <laughs> we can just no, keep going no, over that his, man. His, his, his best accomplishment was beating a geriatric 45-year-old man in a midlife crisis. I don't want to hear nothing about him. I don't know if Tom Brady's at midlife. Does Tom Brady live to be 90? Uh, Tom Brady is 75. A, Tom Brady is a man who realized how, he realized halfway through his Tampa Bay tenure, I wanted my seventh but lost my wife. Was it worth it? And he played like was it worth it? Probably. Come on, let's. I mean, yeah, and no. we're being really honest though. If 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 you tell me that, listen, option A is to play football at the highest level possible. To I you know, like, I, I am like, I am I arguably like the goat. I feel like if Tom Brady had a choice to, between this Tampa Bay tenure and and his marriage and his family. I definitely think he would have just retired the first time. In, in nah, the I, I disagree. Yeah. You got a ring. Yeah, I, I, do. I disagree. Got, the, man, the man is he dating, ring, he's dating Kim Kardashian. I'm pretty sure he... Old Tom Brady out of pocket. <laughs> he's dating <laughs> Kim. I'm pretty sure that the reality oh, is... Oh, don't yeah, worry. Tom Brady got If he was that much... Let's be real about something. You're a man, Warren. I'm a man. Chris is a man and Jamal is a man. Unless we all identify with different pronouns, we're all hims. We're he's. So let's talk about the he hims right now. He hims when they're in love with a woman real love with a woman nothing surpasses the love of that woman so you're not going to spin me the narrative that he loved Giselle so much but he still had to play football no that's why I didn't care about the whole breakups I mean reality I celebrity breakups don't I mean, mean nothing issue, anyway my issue, but my issue with that my issue with the whole situation was anyway. she kept telling him to be a she kept telling him to be a family man he, he could be a family be a man, family. just not with Giselle. No, he was he was not a family man. Was what problem. athlete's a family he, man, Warren? What athlete is reality of and don't say Tom, Steph Curry Tom because Brady, this is Tom, all this is all narratives they spin you. Tom Brady is like Tom Brady like Floyd Mayweather. Tom Brady Sean Kelly. Tom Brady like Floyd Tom Brady like Floyd Mayweather. Bro, you don't want every title. What's the point? Y'all yeah. just talking about dudes that have a lot of kids. I'm talking about real parents. And this is the thing. I, I, I watched an interview a long time ago, and I forget uh, what um, basketball great was um, getting interviewed. And he spoke to this. He alluded to this. He, you know, there is a sacrifice. And uh, you can psychology of business actually speaks on, speak on this. The more successful somebody is, the harder they work in their craft, the, the worse they're going to be in other areas of their life. The more successful I am as a businessman, the more poor of a father I'm going to be. That's a reality. There's a give and there's a take. Tom Brady was at the highest level of the highest level of sport in the world the American football we can argue soccer but when you talk about the money being made outside of soccer because it's so global American football there's there's nothing like it so with that being said that man literally chose his first love I don't care about Giselle in that retrospect because I've seen men retire for their marriages Brian Dawkins did it I mean, he literally in his press conference talked about that he wanted to spend more time with his wife and his family. Andrew and Luck did it. Andrew Luck did it. God knows, I'm still pissed about that because Andrew Luck is one of my well, favorite quarterbacks of all time. But I well, respect well, it well, as a man. I mean, 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 I mean,
and you have to sit there and wonder, and and sitting there wondering, is the rehab worth it? I mean, I would too be like, yeah, football not for me, guys. You know, I keep I keep dying, and you guys won't give me help. Like, what's the point, y'all? Like, I did. Like, as much as I hated Andrew Luck, the quarterback, and thought he was overrated, beyond overrated. I, I felt for him, like, in the physical and mental toll. Like, his interview oh, like about, that. like, what he endured was very heartbreaking. That was Wait, like, I was like, all right. Oh, that's like, Warren, that's we're going to put a bookmark oh. in your conversation real quick. Repeat oh, yourself. Oh, Did you just say that Andrew Luck was overrated? Get your man's. I'll die on that hill, bro. I you you going to die on Lemon Hill, Warren. You're going to die on Lemon Hill. All right, on that note, Warren, <laughs> we're we're going to have to let you go. We will continue this debate next week. Always. Oh, also, before I go, I just want this is my last statement. The bloodline storyline could have happened if Roman Reigns didn't have both belts. It could have still happened. He, he could have lost the WWE title to Cody. He could have just lost it. Cody could have finished the story. Roman could have still had his soap opera, melodramatic drama with his family over here. Oh, Instead, gosh. we have to watch this man with three titles beat his cousin for the third time. And everybody's like, oh, no. I mean, if you didn't like Harry Potter, Warren, just say so. Because obviously I you didn't like the greatest I, cinema I, in history. Because that's what the bloodline I, is. You like how I, tra- <laughs> I put that in there? <laughs> Do you uh, like how I did that? It's not even the best storyline in wrestling today. I, I have been watching whatever. it. It is whoa, whoa, one of the most said, amazing. All right, on that note, Warren, we're going to have to let you go. My brothers, y'all be easy. And, yes, sir. All right, take it easy. He said it's not even the best storyline in wrestling today. I'm like, okay, on that note. Wait, what was the best storyline? See, I, I argued like for four hours one day on Twitter. I don't know why I did it, Chris. I think I drank. <laughs> Three blue moons and like maybe had a wonderful well, lavender work, smoke, right? And this guy said like he I I mean you watch my my tweets you know I I retweeted somebody saying that Roman Reigns is, is the greatest wrestler of all time. It's not even arguable at this point. And the, and and he said you know he's the greatest wrestler of all time because he has single handedly carried this greatest storyline for three years. And I obviously retweeted it because, ladies and gentlemen, if you know me, you know Roman Reigns is my uncle. I mean, he's technically the same age as me, but he's my uncle. He's my tribal chief. I acknowledge the GOAT. But So you just watch your cousins just get stomped You darn right I do because i also from Philly. I'm from the hood, and I also understand when your cousins are out of line and out of character and they don't respect the hierarchy of the family, you got to get smashed. You got to get stacked. Yeah. And you gotta get pinned. Well, last person to get pinned in the Uso in the NY family was Joseph. Don't you dare call him Joseph. <laughs> I mean, until he get his pin back, he's Joseph. Don't you ever call him Joseph. <laughs> Joe. It's Joe. First off, Joe Reigns. Oh my God! You know what? You both are not going to upset me today. <laughs> Joseph Noy. The, 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 the Noy. What? Somebody re, somebody commented under my tweet, and it was like, you know, it's not even the best storyline in wrestling. And I, I I was like, well, please inform me because I watch AEW. I've been trying to watch, you know, what yes. little of ROH I can, trying to catch up on wrestling, you know. And God knows, I watch all three shows of WWE faithfully every week. I mean, it's Tuesday. I'm gonna go watch NXT tonight. Come on. So. With that being said, how in the world you tell me it's not the greatest storyline? The guy argues that the greatest storyline is arguably Kenny Omega and the, the elite going against Blackpool Combat Club. When I literally, Blackpool Combat Club is not even two years soaking wet new. 
on top of that, what's Blackpool about them anymore? <laughs> right, because Regal's in WWE. Regal took the B. They're just the they don't even have a British guy. They got a Japanese guy, um, a, a, a mixed breed Japanese guy. Switzer. A white guy. Shout out He's got a lot of white guys. Shout out to Wheeler Yuta, Philly's finest. I forget he's from Philly. I don't like him. Maybe don't that's really why. I really care. Yeah, remember when we was at the show and it was like. <laughs> he was so like. like <laughs> they were like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Everybody popped. And I was like. Mm. Yeah, like we got to <laughs> stop popping for people just because they're from the 215. Like, oh, that's why I don't pop for me. Oop. Sorry. Said that on air. I know there's a lot of meat fans in the world. <sighs> but with that being said, there <laughs> is <laughs> no. Shot <laughs> at Hey, listen. And unfortunately, I'm just calling a spade a spade in North Philly. You cannot. In good conscience, tell me there's a better storyline in the last 20 years of wrestling. Last 30 years. Please stop me when I'm wrong. The last 40 years. You cannot. And I'm a super Undertaker fan. I'm a super Shawn Michaels fan. Like, we can speak on it. DX fans. 30? Evolution no. fans. Said 30. I don't care how far back Chris. You, you can, you can go, you can go back to my age. 37 years ago, find me a story. They're, sorry, no. You can't. There Brad is no Sean. no. There's nothing that has been as compelling as long as the Bloodline storyline. You could tell me that yes, those were amazing storylines. Nobody here is going to disagree. The Shawn Michaels Bret Hart angle to this day is we talk about it. It's I iconic. It's legendary. Thing, okay, it's Mount okay, okay. My only argument would be outside of kayfabe. I have one argument. I hate you when you do this. Go ahead. Oh, it's the big man. Only because of the gate that it drew. I get it. It's I the get it. Of, but it was the, also the, the peak, peak of the of biggest era of wrestling. At the time. But that's the only thing that can compare. And even still, with you only single but handedly. Hear but hear me out. Even single if you handedly. pull it, but but hear me out. Single. Hear handedly. me out. If you pull it back in the kayfabe, it's not. You can't even touch it. Because Austin and McMahon is not about. It's it's pure emotion. Like the, most of the hijinks are actually very no, stupid that's and true. stuff I like can, that. I, but I, I'm just saying, it was if you're real, talking about the gravity of feeling, we, you were older than Chris and I, the, feeling that moment when he first stuns him. Yeah, I'm, I'm and, be real and with you. Not to mention the significance I behind it. Like, think about it. Like, we all dream. Like, we all have like this terrible boss that we just all just want to put our hands on. And for him to do that, that just cultivated everything in terms of how we feel about Stone Cold at that moment. Oh, no, I agree with you, and I love Stone Cold. Listen, I'm not negating or denying the fact that that is literally, arguably, one of the greatest storylines of all time, but it does not surpass the tribal chief and the bloodline because the, 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 you got to think about the origin. See, for me, I go really long, long term. Let's go. Let's let's stop at just the bloodline's erection. I want to go before that. You know, I'll go back to the fact that, you know, we talk about it when, when Joe – Anoa'i was getting booed in the middle of the ring for just being the plant that the industry put. Yeah. You know, to, from that man, you know, being touted as one of the greatest ever to get booed notoriously. The only man who gets booed worse than him in history is Dom. God knows I love Dom. Um, and then the man gets cancer for the second time in 15 years. Yeah. That, 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 that really humanizes the character. He has to step away. He can't perform in, during COVID because of his, you know, his, um, his medical compromises. He comes back. We don't know if he's a face or a heel. He just attacks Bray and Braun. He does it in a way that is so compelling that we're, for a week we were trying to figure out is he heal or face. Then he walks into Friday it says it's not a spoiler. It's a prediction with Paul Heyman in a way that we never could have foresaw when any that, type when that of camera panned out to Paul. It was in my that mind. for me was the moment, just like when Stone Cold stunned McMahon. Because for me, it was like you really are pairing up with your arch nemesis. 
wise man, his advocate, his his brain, his his whole. For me, that literally was putting a pin in, in Roman Reigns' arc and then turning it upside down, uh, and then taking that, and then for three years, Chris, and we've not lost momentum. If anything, we're trying to see what's going to happen okay, at SummerSlam and beyond. Okay, that's my thing. I I don't have an issue with you saying it. So to me, you're saying Roman single-handedly. That where that is where I disagree at because you're missing the complete elements of where. Paul ha- Paul Heyman's impact in the storyline contributes to mm. the evolution of Jey Uso. Oh no 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 no! So you misunderstand me. I, when I met single handedly, I didn't mean single handedly carried the the, the 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 drama, the cinema, and the life force of the bloodline. Come on! I mean, we watched Jey Uso. We watched his ascension into greatness on Friday and the Friday before. We watched Solo. You know, quietly and methodically become the the next great villain of of WWE. We watched Paul Heyman solidify himself as literally the greatest on mic, the greatest manager, and the greatest behind-the-scenes man in history. We watched Roman revamp his career from from obscurity to, to... immortality. We watched Jimmy and Jay go from which one are they to I definitely know which one they are now. We literally, they I all... I know where's Crop Tops is, Jay. <laughs> right, right. You know, the, the one who literally gets thrown around Twitter like he's God's beefcake to women. But the reality <sighs> is <laughs> no matter no matter how much input, no matter how much <laughs> input they put into the storyline, the fact that when we look back at it in 30 years, what's the first name we're going to think of? I understand. We're super fans. We're going to talk about the Jay and the Jimmys and the Pauls. But talk about the casual WWE fans. Sami Zayn. It's going to be Roman Reigns. Sami Zayn. And then you're going to think about all the people that he put over when in reality we can argue that he didn't really put them over. But the reality is he did shine a spotlight back on them after it dimmed. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that this man is not part of the greatest storyline in history? This is not the greatest storyline in history? I'm sorry. Austin McMahon did not raise the level of that many wrestlers. It just raised the level of Austin and the level of McMahon. Roman's bloodline storyline has literally raised the, 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 the spotlight on God knows how many wrestlers. And, tell, and ex- explain to me where I'm wrong. I'll give you top five. But that's as far as we'll go. Ahead. But I'm just saying, like, Okay, so what do you feel like is the greatest wrestling storyline of all time? Um, if I had to... Austin McMahon, number one. The birth of the NWO. Because, let's be real, no one saw that Hogan turn coming. That was a storyline, but okay. What, what was that? Come on, speak, speak into the mic. That wasn't a storyline, but okay. Also, the NWO went so far off the rails. If we talking, that wasn't a storyline. No, but no, I'm gonna no, be real with you. To go with your logic, if we talking one continuous storyline, the NWO becomes a mess towards the end. <laughs> it does. <laughs> a, a hot mess. It becomes a mess. It's, it's, like it's one great. of my my favorite I'm faction of like all in, time. In literally, I lost all luster for. Right. No, I get you, and I don't disagree with you. Like I re- I don't di- I don't think there's technically a right or a wrong. I think this is obviously a subjective point of view. You're going to have people that's going to choose other storylines. You know, I, 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 we're Virgos. I'm a factual person. I just look at, you know, the fact that I am older than both of you. So I am old enough to actually remember watching wrestling in 89, going to, you know, the, 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 the inception of ECW, literally seeing all these things. Now, granted, I didn't die hard on the matches like y'all did. You're, you're recanting of memories of 98 Shawn Michaels is absolutely phenomenal you know your your recollection of wwe back in 04 when i could barely remember my high school year is phenomenal but 
I do remember notable points in wrestling history. That's the thing that really that that's what we're talking about. The, what makes it so great is what makes you remember. Now, are you arguing that the bloodline moments has the because I I don't think I think it, I think the totality of the that storyline yes. is just the best yes, storyline of all time. Moments, just, there are bigger moments in singularity. More, yes, yes. Yeah. But in totality, nothing has reached the the the. If you if someone was because they're gonna do it eventually because they've done it again. It's gonna be awesome when whoever does it eventually or the video package that WWE is gonna use to put it together when we finally get to Roman losing the belt because you could even argue the story doesn't end with him the, the story doesn't end with him losing the belt no it doesn't it, it, it ends with him walking into Hollywood so when someone does eventually make this clipped up version of this it's gonna be like end games like a three hour movie no it's not have you watched YouTube so YouTube already no, has no, the bloodline. No, 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 no. I'm saying if you, if you watch, go on YouTube right now. WWE was amazing enough because God knows. It, it, again, I need to stop drinking sometimes. Uh, they, it's like six hours. The whole bloodline saga, and it literally is all their highlights, and it is completely amazing. You know, but you're right. And I told you earlier this year. You know, like Warren alluded to earlier, and I was. Unlike all of you talking about Roman's going to keep that belt at WrestleMania. And then R- Roman said that we're only in the third inning. And I, I implore you, I don't think we're nowhere not near done. I think we do go until next October. So if, I, think he I, wins, think, I think he wins, wins in, in, in here in Philly. Yeah, I do too. I, I told you. I think that Triple H and WWE really want to get I'm that mark off it. of Hulk Hogan. I, I, I didn't know I'm telling you all this. I'm telling you all now. And at Mania, I'm actively cheering for. Him. You know what's crazy? You're actively cheering for, it and you almost got me actively cheering for Jay to beat Roman, even though I know it's not going to happen. I don't want it to but happen. That's but how good that's the how good line. the storyline is. You're almost like, like yeah, if anybody, did, oh if, yeah, uh, Jimmy's going. Jimmy is going to be the one to cost. But within kayfabe, who really deserves it more than Jay? If we're being honest. Nobody. Nobody. Just, just because of the abuse, the humiliation, the the, the manipulation, the narcissism, the okay. the straight emotional I, terrorism. I've asked you this multiple times off camera, so I'll ask both of you guys on camera. What would Jay have to do for you to get to have enough confidence in him for he him don't. to win it? He don't got it. It's just like Sammy. I told we we've been through this. We literally sat on your steps. We chilled till three in the morning talking about this very subject. Yes. Remember when Sammy was in there and you was like, Yo, put man, the like, belt on Sammy. Put the belt at, on Sammy. And what did I argue? But what did I argue? My argument wasn't that Sammy wasn't super freaking over and that you couldn't put the belt on a man that's super over. My argument was that the man couldn't make it last. My argument was the man is not going to be seen as anybody on Roman's level long term. So even if you give him a win, how can you how can you convince me as a universe that he's that guy. You're not in Gunther's level. You're not even relatively McIntyre's level. I'm just being real about Sammy. Now, we sh- we saw that WWE didn't believe in Sammy just like, or to the to the disdain that WWE Universe believed in him. And now look at it. I'm be honest with y'all. The tag team kind of reign is kind of stale. You know, I've been saying um, you have. You know, and I th- a lot of that is because honestly, Sammy always hits a peak. He, I'm just being real. He always hits a peak, and then he goes down in the valley. No, I, I, now, will, I, I will argue against this. They're still very over. Oh, they're, okay, they're most so, definitely so, over, so, but they're not They're not elim- no, no, no. Um, side-eye over. Two, two things. Working with the bloodline and then going back to regular roster stuff is like going up to the corporate floor and getting to work with them. You're right. And then coming back You're to the right. floor. It's, it's humbling. Always, it's always <laughs> going to feel like a step down. That's one. Let's start there. The second part is the only thing that 
them having the tag titles exposed is that the tag division is a mess and has no direction. Right. So because there was no stories and opponents lined up for them, no, no gauntlets for these triumphant heroes to right. go through, that's where the stillness comes. I mean, that in WWE keeps breaking up good tag teams. Yeah, there's teams. no good tag teams. It's like, okay, they beat the Street Profits. That are we about to put you okay, on a faction. Okay, they beat the Viking Raiders, well, which I think you well, could have fleshed out a match with the Viking Raiders. You let the Usos ran through everybody. So at that point, it's like... And I'll, justifiably it, it, so, right? Yeah, I know, but it's like, okay, it took Sammy. <laughs> but that comes and, with consequence. Yeah, but, True. but at that point, at their peak, Sammy and KO at WrestleMania night one at the power at their entire peak was able to beat them. So it's like, what do you go from there for the rest of the tag division? Do you think Alpha Academy is just going to beat them? No. Viking Raiders? No. Street Profits? No. But if you had, but the the problem is that I was saying with the exposure of how bad. WWE treats their tag division. If you had teams that were mattering outside of whatever was going on with the Usos and Sami and KO, main roster, main roster, you got a segue. No, you're right. Main roster wise, because NXT's right. tag team, NXT's tag team division, we don't have stupid. to even talk about. They're that. amazing. You're absolutely right. So we're about to get the Creed brothers though. Yes. Oh, boom! My God. Thank you. The Steiner <laughs> brothers on Nas on steroids. Oh my God! Like I can't whoa, wait till the day whoa, Julius whoa, whoa, Creed whoa, becomes whoa, a main a whoa, main vendor. They're not on steroids. <laughs> Give I me mean, some. Fair, 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 <laughs> fair. But and I agree with you. And I agree that you know Sammy, you know, and KO after the bloodline. No, it's no, like that wasn't it's your big point. No, no, no. no but I agree with that. It kind of just like yeah, you hit like it's like you were on the te- the twelfth step. Now you're down on the tenth step. How can you climb up two steps? They're always going to be dope. They're always going to be awesome. But the thing is, you're right. There's nothing to really make us believe in anything they're doing other than the fact that they're just over. Jay, we're invested. My argument with Jay. Okay, so Sammy and KO got the rub from being in the bloodline, right? We talked about the fact that you feel like no one is going to be able to do anything with uh, uh, Reigns' momentum after they lose. It's going to take a step down. The, 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 no one really trusts It's going to, it. no it's matter going what. going to. But I, but I would argue that keeping it in the family. No, we've talked about this, though. But we've talked we about talked this. about Hold shortlist. On. Hold on. We've talked about this. The reason, But my reasoning for Cody and you and I is, has nothing to do with kayfabe. Right. He he knows how it's like a person who's like, yo, if I need a front of house manager, I'm gonna call Corey. Right. If I need oh, someone to be world champion, I said right so fast. If I need someone to be world champion, I'm calling Cody Rhodes. He's right. gonna do great interviews. Right. He's gonna sign all the autographs. Him, he's Seth. Gonna, he's not gonna, right. Him and Seth. He's not gonna get in trouble. They're automatic. Live. Yeah. They're automatic, and that's it's why him, Seth, someone, and Drew. Those he, are options. Be he could handle it. I don't like Drew that you put Drew in there. I I no I get okay, no I'm, I'm on his side. No, I'm, I'm but I'm, I also understand the hesitation. He, 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 but he's the he pandemic just, champion. Is not his fault. I have nothing against Bailey got that. Over a Y'all think that's why my gripe? That's not my gripe with Drew. I have nothing against him being champ. It's just that Drew never ever sells me enough on him. Like if Drew went back to being a villain in the think, in yes, the way that yes. he's built, yes, like straight Razor Ramon two point zero. Then no, no, I, you okay. can yes. slap that belt on him 18 times because now I believe it. I don't believe Drew is a baby. I never believed him as a baby face. He's like the Scottish dude that you're just like, you're actually nice. Now, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm a black man if you don't know by now. So I'm going to have to put some context into this. As a black man roaming in Philadelphia, we know a lot of white people. We don't meet a lot of white cultural people. In other words, people from specific countries. And if you do, it's like you have assumptions based off of what you know on small microcosm. So when you meet a Scottish person, it's not that you think they're the worst person on earth, but you think Vikings. You think aggression. You think like straight, I'm a man. You you know, alpha male, and then you 
then Drew's like this baby face, and it's like he gives you alpha energy, but it's not believable because he's trying to be nice about it. And he's like saluting to the crowd. Three, two, one, Claymore. No, give me back Drew when Drew was beefing with Roman when Roman still had on that dumbass bulletproof vest. Dumb behind. Dumb, Dumb behind. behind. Sorry. It happens. Oh my so, you know, that, that, that bulletproof vest that he had on. Give me that Drew. That Drew, put the belt on him. So, I don't like the Drew assertion there. I think okay, that your tops are Cody, Seth, and honestly, I think the next guy's at NXT. I just don't see it. I don't. And I Jay, you we can't. We've been saying that for a while, though. It's Braun. It's Braun. Okay, no, so it's not Braun. No, 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 no. no, no. Stale, stale face Braun? No, it was not. No. Heel Braun? Heel Braun? Yeah. yeah. I do that. No, yes. no water. Just yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I even get down with the hoo, hoo, hoo when he's a heel. You know, and Mellow Mello doesn't matter. Melo's just gold standard. I think Melo could be a face. He could be a heel. He has that. He's like Seth to me with a personality. It doesn't matter what personality they play. He's going to be over. Yes. You know, Grayson, I think, could eventually in three years become a guy. Yes. You know. 100%. But right now, taking that momentum away from Roman, taking that title away from Roman, there is only three guys that I see, and it's the same three guys that I've been talking about, and only two is even believable for me. One is Seth. Believable. Two is Cody, not believable. Three, you know who I'm saying. I know Nobody's Bray the most believable. Bray, the most believable. One, because Bray has the ultimate history. But, but two, but Bray is the more Bray because of his medical status and, and because of the work they would have to do to build up to it. He's also the option that would take the most work to get there. True, but because I think Jay's that works already perfectly. there. Cody's already there. Seth's already there. That works. If you just say that storyline wise, right? I mean, oh, it gives you another more time to stretch it out. And to slow you don't walk want to take the belt off of Roman yet. I, I want know. him to slow walk Never Roman now. about somebody. Who? Yeah, this past SmackDown. This past SmackDown, he's trying to. Gunther? Because I believe no, in no, him. No, no, not him. The oh. guy that's trying to revive a new edition of Bobby? the business. Yes. Oh, I, I was going to say Bobby, but the thing about Bobby is Ooh, Bobby okay. doesn't work Let's unless he has a manager. Hold on. Okay. I give you Bobby, but Bobby doesn't work unless he has so a manager. you're telling me if, 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 if MVP comes back and he's willing to be a good man. Or. I need. Yes. Or yes. are you, you know where I'm going? Yes. The wise man yes. gets wise yes. and goes get a new monster. Yes. Then now you speak in my language. So wait, you'd be okay with that if that's I how I would did completely it. be okay with that. I would be okay if that's how Paul Heyman moves on from Roman. So that's would, how he loses the wise man. I would, like we talk about him losing. I would have him I would have Roman either fire him or they have discontent. I would have it fall into Solo's hands as, as like we're all about to believe that Paul Heyman is about to groom the next Brock Lesnar slash Roman. Only for Solo to spike Paul Heyman into oblivion. For Paul Heyman to come back pissed, angry, and infuriated with the only man that we don't know who can probably stop Solo. Bobby Lashley. Because Solo's been on the main roster for about a year, right? Mm -hmm. No one has touched him. He's only lost to Cody and, was Seth. it Seth? Cody and Seth. He's a made man. And his brothers. He's a made man. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Solo matches. Because who got pinned? I forgot. Roman. Roman did. Oh, okay. You're a jerk. Because, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you can see the way Jamal looked at me when he said that. It was just like, say so it, it, say it, say it. Say it. Say it. Say you Listen, we take L's. Say the word you want to say. We all take L's. Like Rocky said, it's not about how many times you get hit and knocked down. It's about getting up. We take L's.
But he didn't get up that night. He needed oh, help to get off the Oh, you rest. so oh. <laughs> He needed help to get off the It's rest. all right. It's all right because my, was only one my tribal splash. chief That's is crazy. not. My don't tri- do that because he got double super kick. My, my tribal chief would have kicked out of <laughs> he's sold, he's I don't know who your tribal chief. Your, my tribal chief would have Your tribal chief. Who was your that. tribal chief? My tribal chief would have kicked out of it. <laughs> oh, the one that lost to the hurricane in 03? Bars. The one who can actually be a sustainable Hollywood actor. Ooh. That's why he don't have to wrestle no more after 30. I hope you're not talking about Dwayne. Oh, please. So, oh, oh, please. Are you going to pretend you're actually wa- watching like Black Adam? Don't y'all talk bad about Black Adam because <laughs> I'm going to get upset. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be petty, huh? So you just Why you got to be petty? Because if this was 2004, Black Adam would be the greatest superhero movie of oh, all time. That's not, that's not helping. I, I don't know if you knew I that. that, that I, mean, was I know. Okay. It's, it's just I can't do nothing about Black Adam. It was so bad. It oh, wasn't so horrible. It, it just was wasn't bad. good. It was, it, was it was so slow it just wasn't and plotted. good. And it was just like what he wanted to be a hero so bad. They made like, it too child friendly. I don't think. I just think everything he, he does, wanted he, to be a hero. Right. But he also wants to but make Black Adam's literally a villain. You heard the story. You heard why Black Adam's direction went that way. He didn't want to be seen as the real Black Adam, which I agreed to that point. You shouldn't have picked up the mantle then. Yes. Because the real Tef Adam, the real Black Adam, is, is a, a monster. SOB. He is Deadpool without comedy. He is literally, I'm just going to kill you, and I really don't care if, I, if you think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a villain or a superhero. That is the Black Adam I grew up watch, reading in comics. So, yeah, I can understand that. But Dwayne also makes everything child-friendly. Like, listen, I'm the same guy who went back to try to watch Scorpion King and cried because I couldn't get past the first 20 minutes. I was like, man, at 15, I thought it was the greatest movie ever. Now at 37, I'm watching this movie, and I'm like, this movie is horrible. I mean, mean, Scorpion King is a lot more tolerable than what he's probably made the last decade. No, it's not. Go back and watch Scorpion King. It's bad. Be Cool is still his best role. Yes, it is. <laughs> that is easily his best role. Yeah, no, yeah. that and um 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 where they jump off the um building and die. Oh, the other, other guys. guys. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Into yeah. the bushes. Wow. Yes. The, the minute here. the minute the Rock learns what Will Smith had to learn, he'll be fine. You gotta stop trying to do all these kid movies. Take some chances. Yeah. Yes, like, dude, rip a head off. Can I see blood? <laughs> like I'm not asking you to be the like, greatest. You're not Dave Batista. You're never going to be that dude on. But I think, like, come on, man. We ain't trying. We ain't trying to watch. But I think he knows man. he's not Batista. I mean, wait, that's wait. Why I got to go back. Two Fairy's the best one. Wait, that's why he won't take best movie. All jokes aside, that because he knows he's not Batista. Like he. Okay, so look, I can't. He doesn't have the acting range that Batista does. No, and he's not. He as was funny so much better acting in in the early oh. I won't say that. Two thousand. I won't say that. I feel like and he's not as funny as John Cena. John Cena has great comedic time. Yeah, that's the only thing John Cena got though, because he can't. He can't act either. He just has great comedic time. Literally. That's literally all. I love the way you put that because he can't act. He cannot act, but he knows how to be funny. The movie. Um. Peacemaker is horrible acting, but it's but hilarious. It's funny. Um, no, what's <laughs> I love the movie? it. No, 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 no. He was funny in that. What? It's like him. I can't remember any of the other parents. Funny enough, maybe Jason Bateman was one of the other parents. But it's him and three other parents, and they're teenagers. They they find out that teenagers are like going to have sex oh, with parties. Head, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say daddy's name, home too. Honker. It was knockers or something like that. It's so stupid. Yeah. If I figure out the name, of it, but he who's was, in it? It's John Cena. I can't remember. Oh, that's probably why I didn't see it. Oh, yeah. I can't I, remember any of the other parents. Hold on, hold on. Let me I see. did like that movie. He did like the Hulu movie did with uh, Lil Rel. What movie is that? He Wait, how many movies Lil did John Cena do that I didn't see? Follow the bag. Well, the funny thing is, is that well, because of the writer's strike, he he got plenty of time on his hands. So my lord, can didn't he do Walking Tall too? 
I would no. I don't. God. Didn't they do a walking tall too? I don't think so. They should with John Cena. They should. <laughs> that was another good rock movie. Blockers. Never rock. seen it. I told you, John yeah, Cena. I don't watch it. Mm, blocker. You know what I mean? Oh. So that's why they called it that. And they're chicken jo- the, blockers. The whole yes, the whole movie was like their parent. They like interrupted a phone the- conversation or something. They're trying to prevent their kids from losing their virginity. Okay. But he was. Hilarious in that John. Hilarious. Like like just his every but impeccable time. That was time. the one thing I liked about like you y'all both uh, y'all both know me by now to know that John Cena's not my greatest wrestler all time. He's not on my top five. You know, not because he's not great. He was actually great in the ring. It's just character wise, I thought white appropriation was his way character too big. is white face. Like, yes. Terribly white face. And the fact that all you black kids grew up loving that white face. Well, I mean, kids don't know any better, don't you? I know? understand that because you're right. also younger than me. Don't, you pretend, know, don't I, pretend you didn't have that Cena album. No, that's my point, though. That's what that's the point. <laughs> no, that, I right. I didn't and, I, and, and me now would have found that's that That's the super. only Imagine reason why I give y'all grace. the love that you have for Cena. You would find that corny and offensive. I would find it cringy. It was bad, man. Because, because how many times have we watched wrestling and be like, why are they throwing these these black hood dudes down our JTG. Love I was JTG. about to say, no, Crime Time was when Chris, because what we were 15, I love Crime 16, Time, but I didn't like, like the narrative. Yes, it was like, this is hilarious, but also, Vince, you can't say. Like, it's thank like, God Hit Row is just dumb. It's like making a funny black joke of someone else that's not black, and it's like, that's funny, but you can't say that. And that was what Crime Time was. It was like, this is hilarious. John Vince, Cena made his whole career off N-word, You also said the N-word on camera. That's one thing John Cena didn't say, but Mark Wahlberg did. Vince did. First of all, Mark Wahlberg said it in Four Brothers. We know Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon said it behind the scenes, on the air. He don't care. He don't care. care. The man walked out in a do-rag. He doesn't care. He he literally told him he had shot Benjamin to leave because they were black. Never forget (laughs) that he randomly murdered himself on an episode of Raw. And then had to walk it back because of the Chris. The Wyatt only scene. thing that man has ever did to give me to, to give me pride in him was the the day he said we will never mention Chris Benoit's name on this air, on this program and again. That's the only day I was ever proud of that man. I've never been proud of J- this man a day in my life because I know what kind of tool that, he is. That and he beat God in the tag match from Backlash. I can't stand you. He also was ECW champ and he won a Rumble. Put a little respect on his name. I'm not putting no respect on that no man's chance. name so ever. That's what the song was dope, though. No I'm not. Chance. Yo, that joke was hard. It you was dope. Somebody about to get fired. Like my <laughs> thing is, if we if we didn't live in a world where it was just so divisive, when we know that we live in a world where there's so many people that don't look like us, that don't like us for no reason but the fact that we just look different, I could accept. Vince McMahon or John Cena being the characters they was. And I can like that because, guys, let's be real about something. We all laugh at racial jokes. Yes. Doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, red, blue, green, avatar. We all laugh at racial jokes. How many white people is probably listening right now that's laughed at Chris Rock? How many black people is listening right now that's probably la- laughed at Louis C.K.? We've all laughed at racial jokes. But it, the time of divisiveness doesn't lend for us to be okay with that type of humor. And as a slightly older man and y'all went out, this man and John Cena was doing this, it was super cringy and super unacceptable. So that's the reason why John Cena never got that respect from me. I like John Cena, but the man coming out in, in, in throwbacks, rapping, you know, from ruthless aggression to let me just act black. 
like that didn't swoop that never caught with me like it was just like okay he puts on in the ring outside of that bro those jorts need to go like everything else about the character is whack I understand why y'all like him. You spoke to age. When you're a kid, listen, when I was a kid, I thought Undertaker was the greatest thing in the world. I thought he was God in of himself. Don't bring that up because you've been validated by 30 plus years of actually being the ghost. So, like, that example didn't make any logical sense. No, it did because I actually grew up. Literally, tell you what. when Undertaker became Undertaker. Corey, tell you what. I told John C to get rid of the shorts. If you tell Roman to get rid of the arm, the shield pants. Don't you ever talk bad about uh, Jamal's favorite pair of pants. You know that he was, loves them cargos. That was <laughs> wowzer. <laughs> that, was, that was insane. That was, Damn. <laughs> you Dick Cheney this man. That's crazy. That's it's, cold, my bad, Jamal. I didn't crazy, know I went that far. Man. Listen, anyway, <laughs> you're listening to WJY yeah, 98.5, the really best sports show, sports for the culture. We're going to call to join the discussion. Numbers 215-763-9596. Just give it to them one more time, Chris, in case they wasn't 763 Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, man! You know, today and today is July eighth, Tuesday, July eighteenth. Yes, you almost football o'clock. Right? Happy hey, birthday uh, to my cousin hey, Carlos. Hey, uh, Dave Dombrowski. Happy birthday, Carlos. Dave Dombrowski. Today's a good day for uh, the trade for show hands. No, right? it's not. Leave him. Hold on. Ninety eight point five WJYN. Uh, what's up, Chris? It's Jordan. Who? Who? Jordan. Jordan. What up, Jordan? Oh, uh, hey what man, up? how's it been? Uh, everything's cool, man. Everything's good. Uh, how you guys been? Oh, dude, we we've been good, man. We're in a nice air conditioned room, you know. Yeah, see, I'm hot. <laughs> I hear ya. So my two cents about the the situation with the with the Harden thing, uh, going into what's I mean his trade request. I mean, when you look at it from a when you look at it from an overall perspective, even if he comes in and try to sabotage the season in terms of coming in with a fat suit or being disinterested in a play and or, or showing any type of willingness to, to you know to play just generally speaking even if he does that it doesn't I don't, I don't even think that would motivate a team to even try to go get to try to go get him because that, to me in my opinion he doesn't really have a market. So it's almost like you can set yourself up. And even if you do try to do any of those things or even try the fat suit thing or anything like that, remember, when he tried the fat suit in, 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 in Houston to go to, to go to Brooklyn, eventually that hamstring in- injury was the, that nagging injury that's what caused him to miss games at that, at that uh, Milwaukee series and would bring it into a kind of like last year where he wasn't, 100% healthy because of that hamstring injury or because of that fast suit situation. So when, it, when I look at Harden, I'm looking at it from a perspective of, generally speaking, it's like, did you look in the mirror? Stop making excuses. Did you perform? No. So all this, you know, served it, it, his relationship with Del Mori, Mori seems to, uh, seems like they, they, it's damaged or whatever the case may be, or manage his team against uh, what led to uh, possibly, allegedly, to Doc Rivers firing. At some point in time, you have to look at yourself. That's kind of like my take on it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that take. Um, obviously, you know, 
when you are top 2% of the top 2%, because that's what James Harden is. He's top 2% of the top 2% in the world. You think only 2% of basketball players play in the NBA. I mean, realistically, that percentage is a little high, but let's say 2% um, plays in the NBA. He's in the 2% of the guys that plays in the NBA. So the high-level narcissism and entitlement that he's going to have is thank you kind of yes yeah it's going it's right. going it's it's going to be understood now the thing that you know i agree you know him you know gaining weight or whatever you know he ch- does to do to be petty or to pout you know to, to kind of force or you know to um prematurely um get himself moved the problem with that is it worked the first time because we already knew Houston was trying to uh, rebuild, and James was still James in his prime. Now, th- we didn't know that him getting traded to Brooklyn will be kind of, you know, him starting to plateau as a player. But, you know, at the time where he was putting on the extra weight, I remember Denny put up like 40. Yeah, <laughs> he put up like 40, something crazy with that weight, and then literally was like, I'm not playing. You know, yeah. that's not the same James Harden we have now. You know, and don't get me wrong. As a Philly fan, I'm actually in the minority. I actually want to see James come back. But the reality is I'm not trading James for anything less than what Daryl says he wants. And if Daryl doesn't get what Daryl wants, and, yes, uh, Philadelphia and beyond, I am a Daryl Morey fan. So you can literally go anywhere, but you're not going to bring that shade to me. Um, Daryl Morey is going to make the best decision for the Philadelphia 76ers. He's going to make the best decision for Joel Embiid. So if James Harden doesn't want to play, James Harden can sit down and sit at home. I'll take the gap year, bro. Your money comes off the books next year. That's $40 million that I'm going to be able to get Pascal Siakam or whoever, whoever is going to be a free agent for. Right. He'd be great next to Joel. So, you know, James, you're right. He does need to look in the mirror, but I don't think that's really James' problem with this issue. I think James' problem with this issue is he knows this is his last hurrah to be the guy before he falls off the cliff like, Chris Paul. So he's trying to get to a team where he can essentially run the offense. And if he gets to L.A., it's easy for him because Paul George doesn't need the ball. Kawhi never was ball dominant. Russell Westbrook, even at this age, is going to come off the bench. So, you know, I see why James won it. But, bro, you're you're not getting any close to a chip going to L.A. or wherever you think you're going to go, and you're not going anywhere because Daryl Morey, have we seen anything? The man doesn't do anything that we want him to do. So, well, let me count. Let, let me count it, w- w- one second. Kim, couldn't we say that he was doing that in Philly? Wasn't he the prime? He wasn't he perfect for that system, particularly being that facilitator? No, getting getting getting, getting Joel the ball. Making sure Joel eats, making so, sure Maxi eats, who was excelling in his position as like the third guy. So I can make a definitive argument that he was the he was running the offense in Philly. Well, theoretically, you can make that argument, but the reality is you will be incorrect. And this is why I'm going to say you're going to be incorrect. He may have been the point guard and may have been the facilitator. I mean, it could have been as much as 50-50 on offense. I mean, when Doc was here, we wa- we there's literally an audio file that we can find on Twitter somewhere way back in our YouTube video where Doc literally tells James in the middle of training camp, you know, feed Joel, then it's yeah. you. So, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I understand, like, the rumors that James wants creative freedom, I can understand why he says that. As long as Joel is in Philadelphia, you don't get that. 
you're not the guy. You'll never be the guy that controls the ball at the end of a possession or the end of the game. Joel is going to be that guy. He's earned it. He's good enough to be it, and he's gifted enough to, to, to uh, execute it. James understands that. James took several seats back trying to, you know, um, placate his game to Joel so that they can thrive. We all saw that. James wasn't James of Houston in Philly. He wasn't James of, of Brooklyn in Philly. He was James of Philly in Philly. So, you know, the question if James could still be James of Houston, I don't know because we've not seen it. And I think that's what James wants to find out. With that being said, no, he's never had that type of control in Philadelphia and he won't have it. You know, I think if he did have it, then he would be coming back. He doesn't have it. And I think management is starting to see that, listen, we love you, James, and we want you to be the guy. We want you to be number two next to Joel, but you're not going to be 1B. And in reality, you might be 2B. Because Tyrese Maxey is going to take that leap next year. And, you, you you know, we got three years of Tyrese. You helped him out for two of them. It's about time you move on. And like I've argued with um, Jamal and Chris on separate occasions, Tyrese Maxey is the next James Harden. I don't know why people don't see it. He is the next James Harden. If you trade the boy, he's going to be James Harden. So why not keep him so he can just be your James Harden? So I think James sees all of that. He's not stupid. He's one of the smartest guys to ever play the game of basketball. There's not enough basketball to go around. We all know Tyrese going to he's going to have more more spotlight next year with Nick Nurse in, in town. Joel's going to have a different look with Nick Nurse in town. James, as much as he might like Nick Nurse may not be on board with that game plan. And at the end of the day, dollar talks. And Daryl ain't trying to spend, spend that bread to give you 40 or $50 million. And I don't blame Daryl. I love James. But James, if you want 50 go anywhere. <laughs> but you don't got to be in Philly. But here's the thing. When you talk about <clears throat> the creative freedom and you talk about how, you know, James wasn't James in the, with the Rockets opposed to when he was with Philly. But – if you look at it from that perspective, the James, when he had the creative freedom, when he was with the Rockets, where did that get him? Uh, got him it, it, to literally game seven of the Western Conference Finals where he should have beat Golden State, and they literally did anything in their power to make sure Golden State made it to the finals. <laughs> I mean, we got to stop undercutting James' career like James is not. One, James is – I don't care what nobody tells me. He's the greatest shooting guard in history. You could talk about Dwayne Wade and all that. I don't care. Dwayne Wade got chips, and that's why y'all say he's better. James Harden is the best scorer from a shooting guard perspective in NBA history. He has the most points since 2010. Literally, he came into the league 2012. That's the reason why we date back to that time period. James is literally goaded. He's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no doubt in my mind. He's that great. They're literally they're, – they're kids who are literally about to talk about how they – groomed their game around James Harden. So all the, the I, doubt who, I, doubt I don't know why you doubt that when you got people literally saying Paul George is their goat. Come on, man. <laughs> I don't know why uh, you would ever doubt that. James Harden literally changed the game of basketball I from mean, an isolation perspective. I mean, you got to think about from those kids perspective, like, I mean, a lot of those kids are like six, six or six, eight. There are very few, like, from their first eyes, like outside of LeBron James, Paul George was like the first person that they saw was a legitimate two-way player, play elite defense, and also be able to get twenty. He was a better two-way le- player than LeBron. I, I give you that. Yeah. Um, but that's my point. It doesn't matter, Chris. Me and you are both basketball fans. At any point, if you ever play ball, where you say Paul George is the guy you model is your goat, 
not the guy you model your game after. We can all understand that if you're built like him, if you got a skill set like him. But they people are calling Paul George their goat. So you can't tell me that you. I mean, you can disagree. You can agree to disagree, but I'm gonna tell you quite frankly, bro. It's going to be players within the next one or two years who are literally going to say James Harden is my goat. I model my game after James Harden the same way LeBron James, Dwayne Wade. Um, uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. We could talk about Chris Paul. All of these guys. Who's their goat? It ain't Michael Jordan. Who's what? their goat, Jamal? Who's LeBron, LeBron James. No. Who's LeBron James' goat? Oh, Allen Iverson. Who's Dwayne Wade's goat? Allen Iverson. That's the man. Who's Chris Paul's goat? Allen Iverson. Who's Kevin Durant's goat? Allen Iverson. So, to, to say that there's not going to be somebody that's going to say that about James Harden, that's just preposterous. Yeah, I mean, this past, this past postseason, it was Austin Reeves, but he looked at him in terms of drawing fouls. So, yeah, you might have a point in that type of, in that in that realm. In Austin what? Austin Reeves. Why did that man's name Austin come Reeves. up in this conversation? At all. Austin Reeves. Like, what? <laughs> what, what, what is that with people trying to insert white people in, in these conversations? Don't, 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 don't disrespect Austin Reeves like that. I'm, I'm, the man is a one-off. What has he done in, in more than a year? Tyler Hero has a better resume than him, and I don't even like Tyler Hero. Can we can we I'm get out the recency bias? Is it, I like I, social media is so in our hands and in our face that I think we get strapped up by recency bias. Guy, Jamal, Chris, guys, we didn't hear Austin Reeves a year and a half ago, so Austin Reeves need to be in nobody's NBA conversation until he does it for two years in a row. That, hold on. So, all right. So, first of all, that was a joke. But in terms of Harden <laughs> and his, his, in terms of Harden and his influence, the reason why I don't know if it's that influential is because why did, if you think about it from this perspective, why did Golden State beat him? Why, why couldn't he get over the hump of, over Golden State? They have in their eyes, they figured no, no. In their eyes, they figured out. Excuse me. He's gonna have the ball. He's gonna be dribble, 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 dribble. We're probably not gonna stop him. But we're gonna stop everybody else. Let's him. Let's take him one on one. Let him. Let, let, let him do what he has to do. Let him go one on one. We're probably not gonna stop him. But we're gonna stick to the game plan. What? At some point in time, that dribble, 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 dribble is taxing on the body. No, I agree it's with taxing. you. I you agree with you. You can't do that for four. You can't do that for forty-eight minutes. Chris Paul. Me? Chris Paul is a, is a is a is a reason is 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 a very good point to what you're making because. That man is dribble, 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 dribble. And look at his body now. Can't keep up. Um, and I agree with you. You know, James Harden, you know, can't be James that he was in 16. But James is still markedly better than Chris Paul. He's still markedly better than a lot of point guards in the league. He's still top five point guard in the league if he's not the top scoring option in the league. That alone makes him inc- extremely valuable. The, pro- the, only re- the only disagreement we both have with James Harden is he thinks too highly of himself to get moved. That's the only argument in reality me and you have against James Harden. Neither one of us really cares about James Harden that much to really like because your point was he needs to take a look in the mirror. My point is, you know, he he just needs to humble himself at this, this point in his career. Both of our points are sound, which literally spells to the fact that he just needs to literally come down a couple pegs and be like, listen, Daryl, I'll go wherever you send me. But me telling you I want to go to L.A., it ain't happening because they're not giving up man. They're not giving up George. They're not giving up Kawhi. It's no point in us but trading that's the thing. Let's, stick, let, let's stick to L.A. for a second. Let's stick to L.A. for a second. Do you believe that Harden going to L.A. could 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 actually bring – could actually be – do you think with, with a Harden with the, with the Clippers, favor 
any closer to bringing the, bringing the titles to the Clippers. Do you believe that with their additional part in, in the Clippers, with, with PG, with Kawhi, that they could win a title? With Russell Westbrook as well. It'll bring Ty Lue closer to resigning. Because <laughs> they ain't trying to deal with that. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and you can't trust their health. You can't trust PG and, and, and Kawhi's health. So like, what are we talking about here? And then Russell... We saw this before. We didn't we see this movie before with Russ and and and, and Harden in, in what nineteen and twenty? Yeah, but that that that, that Houston team was terrible, bro. Um, that Houston team was not L.A. L.A. Clippers are a much better team than James Harden teams when he had Chris Paul and um James um Russell Westbrook. But listen, in a listen in a perfect world, an alternate reality, the Clippers have been healthy over the past five years, and they have at least two to three championships. But the reality is the fact that. Kawhi Leonard is not healthy enough. Is not literally, and can't sustain his health enough long enough for a deep championship run. And, and honestly, the same thing with Paul George. You literally spoke the, the the most important part is it's not if James Harden goes to L.A. or they are will they win a chip. The reality is if Kawhi Leonard, if any part of his tenure in L.A. was healthy, they would have won a chip. The man literally has won a chip in every place he's and been. Their, their best opportunity <laughs> was literally the first year together, right in the bubble. Like the man was in Toronto for one year, won a chip. He was in San Antonio, one two. Like, can I, can I, can I bring up a point? The bubble, but look at the bubble. They had a four, they had a four month rest. Think about that for a second. Anthony Davis, we label him as an injury prone. Why? Every season, this man gets gets. And I'm not trying to just throw any shade at Anthony Davis or, or or things of that nature. But in the bubble, they did get a four month rest. We have to include that. No, you're you're right about that. I mean, but I'm not going to invalidate a bubble championship. I know people want to do that. No, we're not. No, you know, um, and I mean, arguably, they probably need more rest. I mean, NBA players argue about shortening the schedule now anyway. I mean, Absolutely. and then you think about it, like me and you, like we obviously we think about it small small fries, right? We're we're outside looking in. We're fans, you know, putting our opinions into the into the um, ocean. But let's say me and you are both ball players, both actual NBA ball players. Could you imagine what it feels like to play 82 games in what three, four months? Have to practice maybe two to three times a week. You play an actual game three times a week. This is high level at that. You're you have to travel constantly. You know that wear and tear on any human being is a lot. Like I'm not. I, I, as a fan, yeah, God knows I trash Anthony Davis all day because he's the greatest talent that never was for me. But the reality is, like, if I was in their position, I can't argue that I would be any different. <laughs> like, my knees might be shot. My back might be out. Like, the one thing I give about LeBron that I think a lot of people don't give him respect for is that man's an iron man. He is a literal iron man. You could talk about the last couple of years, but the man has played 20 years and never missed a game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anthony Davis couldn't even play in Kentucky and not get hurt. Well, LeBron has missed games. I mean, I think the only the biggest the, – well, you're talking about LeBron, right? Right, but I'm saying, like, take out the, the last two L.A. years. The man has never missed games. Like, he's been an Iron Man every game of his li- – every day of his life, and he plays the most physical taxing – um, style of basketball. He's a slasher. He's not a eight shooter. Finals. Eight straight years to the finals. Right. You know, that's the one thing I give about LeBron in a GOAT conversation because there's no other athlete in human history that could do what LeBron did. Um, but that's why I also got to give grace 
to people like, you know, the Kawhis, you know, the, the, the Anthony Davis, the Paul Georges, the Joel Embiid's, you know, um, the Kevin Durant's. Because the reality is, if they're healthy, we're not having this conversation about a lot of guys. Kevin Durant probably will have two more chips. Joel will honestly probably have a chip. Um, Kawhi will have at least another chip. Golden State doesn't have at least two of their chips. But this is real life. People get hurt. Other teams fill their gap. And L.A., it really doesn't matter James go there. If Kawhi's not healthy, they're never going to do anything. Paul George is not good enough to get him to the finals. James is not good enough to get him to the finals. There's only one guy on Clippers that can get them to the finals healthy. That's Kawhi Leonard. There's only one guy on Philly that can get sixes to the finals. Joel Embiid. That's a reality. It's the same way about the Celtics. There's only one guy that can get them to the Celtics, and his name is not Jason Tatum. Whew, you thought I was going to say that, didn't you? It's Jalen Brown. Well, what do you want to talk about? If he goes back, if he comes back, he, until it's signed and sealed and it's put out there by Shams and Woj, yeah. if he comes back, yeah. him, if he, this posturing thing of him, I mean, not posturing, but if, if he really wanted to come back, I think we would have, would have been he would have been signed that deal already. I mean, you're talking about sixty million in your, in your what fifth year? Yeah, I'm sure they're not trying to give him sixty though. I, I know I that, but what I'm saying is hand. that like you, right. still like, can you imagine that type of offer is given to you? Are you going to really stall that type of money? No, you're going to do you're going to do what Dame Lillard did, and then you're going to find yourself asking asking out, and then realizing that ninety percent of the NBA can't afford you. It's not a matter of no, they no, don't no, have no, the capital. No, 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 you can't. No, you can't compare that. To, you can't compare that to Dame Lillard. Why? Dame Lillard, because because Portland Portland is not innocent in all of this. Portland is not innocent in all of this. They asked this man. They they told this Portland with Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard had literally half the year he wasn't even playing, and we both know who influenced his players not to play. Because Hoopers want to play all day. They well, just want to hold Dame had a really bad back injury. so Yeah, but he, he still could have still played. It wasn't like – a back injury doesn't That's take a cat. you out the whole year. Yeah, but no, like, but if you're that much out, especially for a playing spot, there's no point of risking, you know, you're hurt. And also, more importantly, this. And, listen, in the end, it's a business on both sides, you know, pro player. You know, you also need to understand where the organization's coming from. Listen – my thing is this. If Dame Lillard really wanted to leave, he wouldn't sign that Supermax. Exactly. That's my thing. Like, you can't. No, no, no. No, listen, listen. My, my thing it. is, is that no, 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 no. we're getting into a trend now where everyone's going to sign that Supermax. They're going to be like, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't think this is going to work out. Ben Simmons clause. Yeah. So, and then now, then all of a sudden, you're going to choose what destination you're going to, which is always going to be like the same three destinations on the dartboard. Whatever team that's in California, the Miami Heat, or somewhere in Texas. Right. And no, you're completely right I, about can that. I let me can I, can I, let me counter what Chris is saying one bit. Let me counter what I, what he what he has to say. You have listen. You got You got you got to get your bag. You got to get your bag. I agree. Gallinari with you. is a great example of what I'm about to tell you. What happened last year? Gallinari signed signed with the Boston Celtics, right? Yes. Two year deal, right? What happens? He plays in FIBA. He gets injured. He's out for the season. What happens? He, this off season. He picks up his op- he picks up his player option, and then he's and then he got traded. You gotta get business is business at the end of the day. Well, I'm not a, but nobody's disagreeing you with you for that. Bag. Jordan, Jordan, I'm not disagreeing that Dame Lillard should have gotten his bag. My thing is is that if you really wanted to leave, you wouldn't have. You would have waited, and you handicapped yourself. That's what he's and, saying. And my thing you is literally handicapped yourself. One, 
What, what, is, what is the right time? But yo, look, bro, you right years ago. So you're going to tell me now, let, let me be honest about this, because I really can't stand because the, being loyal the, the, to, to grab your bag oh, conversation. Sorry, but listen, I'm sorry. Being loyal to an organization hasn't reaped anybody any sort of benefits whatsoever. It may work out for Kobe. It worked It worked out for Kobe. It worked because out for Because you're the Dirk. L.A. market. It worked out for <laughs> Kobe. And just eventually, in my opinion, like where Kevin Durant, like, like extra two size or shoes to away from from letting it from letting it all work out with Giannis because we all know if Durant's foot was on the line, we Giannis would probably be on the block right now. Oh no, you're completely right about that. I mean, Kevin Durant literally created Giannis' legacy. Yeah, <laughs> it, and and that's my thing. It's like I don't have an issue with you leaving. To me, you're hamstringing, you know, what Portland's going to do. Because in my opinion, listen, if I'm if I'm Joe Cronin, if I'm the GM, I'm not just going to take the whatever offer Miami is going to because Dame wants to go there. That's not me doing my right. best job in terms of my due diligence as a general manager, as a team. I'm for all for Dame for getting his money, but also at the same time, the organization needs to do what they need to do, which is their process to get the most that they could possibly get out of before looking for a deal. There's a reason why they want Miami to find a third team because they're not getting the they're not reciprocating the assets that they're going to get in terms of letting, letting Dame go. You're right. You're not. They're not going to give up Adebayo, um, which is. T- Stupid, but you're not going to give up Adebayo. You're trying to give up Tyler Hero. You have no dr- you have no capital to give. Like let's be honest, you got draft picks, but if Portland really wanted first round picks, they'd be gone. Like he'd be gone if they really just wanted first round picks, he'd be gone. Sixty have, million. Anthony Simons, you draft the scooter and said, "What do you right. need Tyler Hero for?" Sixty million dollars is what Dame is on the hook for next year. Name me five teams that can afford him. You can't because there isn't. You can't, and the teams that can are, are not in contention, so you don't need them. And this is, and also the reason why I have an issue with him signing that contract because if you're a general manager, you're like, yo, I want to go to, I want to go to Miami. We'll tell Miami to send the best offer. Well, I'm not going to play with you guys. Okay, cool. I just have to scoot Anderson. You're going to hook for another four years because I know you're not going to opt out of that sixty-three million dollar player nope. option in year four. So and they're going to approve their draft. Like, if you want to sit home, sit home. Because the reality is, nobody expecting Portland to go anywhere next year. Like, even with Dame, nobody was expecting them to go anywhere ne- next year. And the reason I understand Dame getting his bag, and I understand the loyalty thing, he's the Allen Iverson clone for me. But the, rea- the reality behind the situation is nobody wants to go to Portland, bro. Nobody ever wanted to go to Portland. Portland can't get guys. They never could sign guys, even when I was 12 and they had Clyde Drexler. They can't bring people in because nobody wants to move to Portland, Oregon. So, with that being said, Dame did himself a disservice. I understand getting your bag because you got your bag when you were busy telling the world you were the most loyal person in NBA. Now you don't want to be loyal no more because now all of a sudden you want that chip that not even two years ago, Chris can attest, you kept talking about didn't mi- mean nothing about your legacy. Now all of a sudden you want a chip not and you want to run away from right. Now you Now you want the chip. Now you want to find a team that you can win with. Well, you shouldn't have signed for $360 million because, unfortunately, you could have waited, went, another, went to another team, and lost out on 10 to $20 million. And I know you're like, oh, go get the bag. $20 million ain't going to break that man's life if you really wanted to win that bad. So Dame needs to sit in the mess that he made and wait, just like James. It ain't nothing that y'all can do about it. I'm all for player empowerment, but you're not about to sit here and tell me that I only want to go to one team. Like, that's not player empowerment. That's terrorism. You're holding somebody hostage to make the, to do what you want just because you felt like for years they were doing it to you. It's called America, Jack. 
We work every day nine to fives working for a man that tells us what to do, and we can't tell them otherwise. Otherwise, they fire us. The NBA is no different. If you don't like it, go find another job. The reality is you're a grown man who gets to play a kid's game for a bread, and then you get to make more than we could ever dream of. I don't want to hear excuses about getting a bag. Dame can sit in Portland and sit on his couch, and when they make the trade, wherever they send him, because he has a no-trade clause, then you, you probably shouldn't negotiate it. Exactly. You screwed yourself. You screwed the pooch. There ain't nothing that you want to blame Portland. Cronin didn't sign up for that. He wasn't their GM. Cronin just got there. But at some point in time, you can't just say that Portland's innocent in all the situations. It's not about like, being like, innocent. To, listen, listen, listen. You bring up the 9 to 5, but if you found out, if you found out what your boss makes, makes because of your services, you probably would think a little bit funny about that about your, your job situation. You find another job though, that, wouldn't you? No, no, no. Think, I, yeah, exactly. But think about it from this perspective: you don't get the number one, you don't get the top five, top three, number one pick by just by just like winning about about just winning about just like 16, 16 to some game. You you knew you knew that you wanted to take this season to get a higher pick. You know that. Okay. You told them that. They, they, Jordan, they, don't give me the back injury, back injury things of that nature. You told this man not to not to play because you know you wanted a higher pick, and that no. And I agree with you guys, but in terms of a hundred cents in the dollar, I'm not gonna trade a guy like that, a, a Hall of Famer like that, just for just for not fifty cents in the dollar. I agree with you on that. But we can't act like Portland is innocent in those in, this, in these situations. Okay, Jordan. They told them to just to just sit to sit back while we tank these games. They're right. not innocent in this. All right, Jordan. One last question before we gotta let you go. What exactly mm-hmm. was Portland? Dame has been there for well over a decade. Right. What exactly was could Portland have done any sort of different as opposed to what they were doing? Nobody wanted to go there <laughs> free agency. <laughs> Nobody. The the reality is that listen, you had somebody in Lamarcus Aldridge, but because of health issues, that kind of deteriorated. So there's really you have nobody in free agency. And you really didn't have the, the assets in order to bring somebody in here. Right. They weren't bad enough so to get top exa- picks. Yeah, so exactly. So, like, you're in that purgatory series where you're, like, you're not bad enough to tank and you're not good enough to compete for a title, except for that one year when they went to the Western Conference Finals. So my question is, what could a Portland have done different to sway Dame into, like, yeah, you know, this is an environment that I want to be in because – Nothing. They couldn't have done to answer your question. Nothing. So, so why? So, by your assertion that there's nothing they could have done, you, but you, you keep trying to spin it as if like Portland has this blame game that they have to play in order to not blame capitulate. Game, but what I'm saying is that no, 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 not blame game. No, I agree with you guys when he, when you guys said that I'm not just going to give him up for I'm not going to give him up for nothing. With the way you talked, with the way, when you brought up the three teams, with that Miami needs to find a three team, another team. In order to make this deal to happen, make this deal to happen, I agree with you on that. But what I'm saying is that all I said is that Portland cannot be innocent in this situation. In terms of oh, he should be. It's like there's nothing he could have. There's nothing they could have done to keep him. But let's not let's not let's not flip the coin in this situation. You did ask this man to just sit out this entire season just so you could get a higher job pay. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they're wrong in this situation. I, I do agree. I agree with you. I told you I agree with you guys. But what I'm saying is that you don't act. You cannot act innocent in this situation because you get attention. Y'all knew the day last year when he signed that extension that you knew he was probably going to leave. I mean, honestly, honestly, if I'm a GM, I'd have told him to sit at home for two years. Y'all know that. 
Y'all know he was not going to stay there. Once he signed that extension, y'all know that. We're not dumb. No, that, no, we didn't know that because the reality is I believe a man as long as that man tells me something. And everything about Dame's Lillard character and his history tells me he is who he says he is. That man has never lied. He ain't never he ain't never spin a tail on us. Not once in his history has he ever asked to been traded. He ain't never talked bad about Portland. He's always been loyal and down for that city. So so you may say that because you're a cynic and you thought that he would ask out. But, but, but real, nobody really thought Dame was going to ask out. We hoped he would ask out. That I'll agree on. Everybody hoped the man would ask out. Yeah. Just for the simple fact, we were just like, you don't deserve to be in a, be on a team that's never going to win anything with how great you are. But thinking that we thought he was going to ask out, no, not a single one of us sitting here thought Dame was going to ask out. The fact that he asked out, and then you ain't on the last year, last year you deal. You got like two or three more years. You pulled a Bradley Bill. Exactly. Just, just own up to it. Like just think about it. you want to get your cake, you want to have your cake and eat it too. And then unfortunately these NBA players are about to get screwed in the next CBA because I mean they're about they, to be screwed now. Yeah they talk about you talk about player empowerment but after Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant and now this Ryan Williamson. Y'all man, you talk about get a bag, it's gonna be hard for them to get a bag. And I'm not mad. Because if I, I own a company so if I own a company and you work for me, you are going to heed by my conditions. If you don't like my conditions, go find another company to work for. And the NBA ain't nothing but a huge corporation, just like the NFL. We talk about empowerment, 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 empowerment all day long. I get it. But the honesty and the reality behind it is you still work for the man and as long as you work for the man you can't do nothing about what they tell you if you don't like it go work for yourself but guess what they tried that it's called the xfl it ain't go nowhere huh. oh, all, right. All, right. all right all right jordan uh we gotta let you go because we gotta start, start wrapping up on our show we appreciate the call man all right man thanks you guys yeah no problem you want to call next week and uh, continue this we would love to have you back all right, no problem, man. I got you. Thank you, thank you so much, guys, for the dialogue. Oh, most oh, definitely, no bro, bro. All right. Once again, you listen to ninety-eight point five WJYN on UptownRadioPhilly.org and the Run of Bass Sports Show, Sports for the Culture. We want to thank everybody for like tuning in. We got about fifteen minutes left on our show. We Jamal, do. Jamal is is now back back with us in the land of the living. Is Jamal back? So they call a flash. Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! Wake up! It's the eighteenth of the month. are you ready for some football one week from today the philadelphia eagles will be starting training camp at the novacare center in south philadelphia you will find chris jamal and Corey periodically down in south philadelphia with all the latest updates and tidbits on the next super bowl accomplishing season yes but hold on but before we get into that i gotta i gotta address something that you said before before um I call it, call it. Yeah, what's up? What was that about Shohei Itani? <laughs> Listen, you know I love Shohei. I love Shohei. Shohei. Trade it on. See, she, 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 You know, I've even learned me a little bit of the, you know, a little bit, a little bit of, you know, but Arigato Domas, I will be all down for Shohei in Philly. I'm not trading my farm for a man for four months. I, listen, I understand, guys. You can't – Shohei is by no means a guarantee he's coming back to Philadelphia. One, we don't sign Japanese players. Japanese players don't like Philadelphia. They like New York. They like San Fran. They like California. 
they don't like Philadelphia. I don't remember the last time we had a Japanese player except um, that one guy. Oh, my gosh, it's going to drive me nuts. Mizuki. We did have one, like, in the early 2000s, but he was like, uh, we signed him. Anyway, and the, the reason I say no to Shohei, I would love to have all of the home runs and the strikeouts, the, the whole fanfare. That, that's great and all, right? Yes. Yeah. What is L.A.'s record? one year under 500 they don't do anything ever like honestly i don't care like is i'm at the point i've waited yeah it's the same th- argument that we've been having about trout for years and i'm not saying that you know i wouldn't love trout in my outfield so you're saying if we trade for sure he's gonna sink us no i'm not saying that i'm not i'm saying i don't want to mortgage my future on a man for four months okay we okay here's the issue we're way too overprotective when it comes to prospects when was the le- when uh, it come to painter yes i am anybody else give them up but the fact of the matter is, I got to give up Painter for Shohei. I'm not doing that. He ain't Spencer Howard. I don't like Spencer Howard. You kind of just like. You remember Tyler Cloyd? Yes. I remember all of our. Listen, you are talking to a man. We talk about the Don Brown year. You're talking to a man who actually follows minor league baseball. I'm not a casual fan. I literally breathe baseball. I know our farm system. Our farm system is not strong. It's good, but it's not strong. So that means you've got to give up painter. So we'll replenish it. No, it took us years to replenish it in the first place. I'm not. Listen, For I'll tell you. For a trade like this. I'm not giving up Andrew Painter for four months. Listen, who is the only team in the NFL? Okay, let, let me go. When it comes to around to October baseball, who is the only team in the National League that you feel like can't, that the Phillies still can't compete with at this current season? I don't. There's no team in the NL that, that scares me. Okay. San Fran hasn't been all fired all year. L.A. has, has, has fallen off. The New York Mets are the New York Mets. The Atlanta Braves, okay, they're the Braves. We beat them last year. Um, Florida Marlins, are. we're about to surpass them tonight. Um, listen, it's just like the Eagles for me in the NFC. Okay, just, they um, don't scare me. Just imagine a playoff rotation. Wheeler, Nola, Otani. Okay. Wheeler, Nola, Strowman, and I don't got to give up Painter. It's not, it's not hurting me because you're asking, you're talking about 35 home runs. Let's be real, Chris. We're not really hurting for offense. Yeah, we stumble a lot, but that's the Phillies. We've done that for years. We, we don't, we're actually not hurting for offense. We're hurting for a starting pitcher. So, yes, give me a starting pitcher. And I love Shohei. Really we're not really having much hurting for a starting pitcher. Yes, we are. No, in, in, in our five guys, Christopher Sanchez, how long can we expect him to last? He already got he, – he showed cracks the last – Listen, and we're in the second half of the season. He's going to probably have, what, like eight, seven more starts. In but who's going to take his position? The, ro- the rotation is going to absolutely shorten in the postseason. You're, no, you're only going to see him coming in the ro- – you're only going to see him coming in and coming out of the bullpen. The rotation is going to be Wheeler, Nola, Ranger, and Walker. Those are your four pitchers that you're going when to When is Shohei play, play, pitched in the postseason? Never. Uh, so you want me to bank four months on a player who has never sniffed the postseason? Yes, I, I, get, I, hear, I hear Shohei. I want to win. He sounds like Luka. But the reality is, as sexy as you look and as amazing as I it's – like, it's like being in a store. It's like window shopping, Chris. We're on the block. All of us walk into our favorite bar. We stop. We all see the same article in the, st- in the glass. And we're like, 
bro, I want it. And we all make that same assumption. I want it. But the price tag is too exorbitant for two or three out of three of us. So but the one guy says, let's do it. Then that one guy gets it, Chris. And then once he purchases it, he has buyer's remorse. That's what Philly's going to go through. We trade our farm for Shohei, who winds up leaving in November. We're going to have farm, buyer's remorse. Our farm, or listen, you, you said outside of Painter, you don't care about anybody else. I love Justin Crawford, but Painter, I'm telling you, Painter is well, that guy. Okay, but he's an outfielder. At this point, if Bryce gets healthy, he's back in, he's back in the no, outfield. No, I wouldn't do that, but I get you. I get you. I we're wouldn't do that. Still at for three years. Right. We already got, Pache's already proven that he could be a good utility, and we also got Mark. Let's not do that about the outfielders, because I can go down the list about outfielders we had, we felt good about that never did anything. Okay, and, and John you, Mayberry Jr. Stop it. You you weren't even here. <laughs> Go Our back to the land of obscurity. <laughs> and Mayberry was never supposed to be that guy. Dom was supposed to be that guy. Acknowledge your tribal sleep. <laughs> ben Revere, but yes. Ben was never supposed to be that guy either. We okay, traded for him from I'm Minnesota. Saying, all I'm saying is this. The way Dombrowski discussed around, you don't think he could be able to assess any of those weekends? John Middleton does not care. He says, listen. He I wants to spend, spend money. Yes. Right. We I will that. spend whatever it takes in order for me to get a championship. So you're telling me we were, we were a Shohei Otani away last year? Yes. I'm telling you, we didn't need Shohei last year. We could have we we got, got no hit in the World Series. Bro, how many great uh, pitchers are on the market right now? You want to go for the sexiest whale in the ocean and give up everything for four months. Yes, because you need that against the no, team. No, like you're a Philadelphia fan who only believes in getting brand new cars when you got tired of the car you got. I don't want Shohei for four months to give up Painter Crawford to and then give up what? Three of my young guys, Abel maybe, McGriff, or McGriff uh, maybe, and then what? Find out Shohei okay, goes so to New York in, in November, oh and then yeah, now oh Painter's yeah. stutting oh, okay, so out in L.A.? No. Okay, so Aaron Altair, John Mayberry, Tyler Cloyd, for sure. None of them. Time. First off, they don't even play for us. These <laughs> dummy. <laughs> none, of them, none of them guys were on the level of a Justin Crawford. None of them got uh, Spencer. Uh, uh, I've talked about Spencer. Uh, 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 Spencer Howard. He 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 was amazing in minor leagues, but even he wasn't touted to be as good as Andrew Painter. There has not been one scout that has not said the same thing about Painter. As long as that kid is healthy, he is Clayton Kershaw. He is he is um um Zach Grinky. When you talk about throwing names like that. Don't, no, 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 because Shohei Otani ain't Kershaw. Okay. Shohei Otani ain't Zach Grinke. Okay, but you want to know something, though? The Angels aren't going anywhere fast. He can build the stock, and we'll get him back in three years anyway. See? Everybody I'm wins. I'm, I'm done with you. <laughs> I'm done with you. Because now look at J.P. Crawford out there in Seattle stunting on your boy. Like, oh, 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 I'm sorry. The, 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 oh, he's balling on the Mariners, who are a 500 team right now. They're not in the First off, if we're going to do that for a no, time, no, 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 you don't get to do that. You don't get to do the whole they're no. mediocre. Be, no, because the point wasn't that we're training them to a mediocre team. I don't care about what their team does. I'm talking about the productivity of the player when they move on. Like It's like firing Gabe Kapler two years early, and then he goes to San Fran and becomes the best manager in the NL. When all of y'all was like, oh, let's get rid of Cocoa Butter Guy, because Cocoa Butter Guy gets on my nerves. And now he's in San Fran with, a, with two underachieving teams literally about to make the playoffs How for the third year in a row. Again, we went to a World you Series. are tatting for like tatting. Shohei Otani has done nothing ever except give you highlights. 
The man has a three-something ERA. There are better pitchers available, Chris. He bought Japan. You just want him because he's a two-way player, which in reality, he's not going to be that in four years. I deserve greatness, yes. You deserve to cry at night because that's what you're asking for. It's like it's like saying, oh, I want Andrew Bonham. I want Andrew Bonham. I want Andrew Bonham. Then we traded for Andrew Bonham, and then what happened? Nobody the asked man for, never nobody played. Asked for Andrew No, Bonham. that is a lie. You are too young to understand no, that. No, I was not too young to understand. You must be, because the reality I was, was Andrew Bonham was a monster in L.A., and when we traded for him, the I whole didn't city want, was an uproar. First of all, I was more upset the fact that we passed on DeMarcus Cousins on draft night as opposed to Everybody up- was, but we're not talking about apples and oranges, Chris. Chris. We're talking about Chris the trade for ever. Andrew Who? Bynum. They traded Iggy. That was your favorite yes. player, Edgar. I know. I was. I felt some type of way. No, I, I agree with you there. I was mad about that one, too. I never thought he was going to be the guy, but I thought he'd be great as a third guy. And what happened? He was great, great as a third, third guy. guy. Not as MVP. <laughs> I was mad we traded uh, Holiday. And what happened to Holiday? Became great. You know who would be great on our team right now? Drew Holiday. Holiday. Can we trade James for Drew? I will take that ball. Hey, you know, hey, you know he would fly to your house and <laughs> slap you for falling in I will hey, smack myself. You know, be, hey, you know what would be great for this team? Mikel Bridges. I hate you. And you know what's so bad? I, did you, do y'all watch Summer League like have I do? See, have you seen You know Zaire like Smith is, yeah. is still playing. In the Summer League, yes. Yeah. See? That's, see? And me and Chris, we on the same way. I was about to say, did you see Summer League? Because we played Zaire Smith. And I literally wanted to throw my phone at the screen because I'm just like, like, I'm not even mad you're still playing because I like the kid. Listen. It's the fact that we traded you and the pick. We traded for you. And gave up a pick. So what? So Mikel could thrive in Phoenix now in Brooklyn? That's a guy I would trade my farm for if I was Philly. Because Philly ain't got no farm in the Sixers. Except Tyrese. And you know I would never give up that kid. But when it comes to the Phillies, Andrew Painter is Tyrese Maxey. You are untouchable. I will give you everything else. But I'm not giving you Andrew Painter. No, no, no. First of all, our Tyrese Maxey is Bryson Scott. No, that's not. In yes. baseball terms, no, it's not. Bryson Stott is already a – Bryson Stott – see, Tyrese Maxey's, what, third year in the game? We're talking about projections. Stott was already supposed to be that dude. Stott was that dude in college. When we got drafted, we knew he was going to be that dude. It was just a matter of how long it was going to take us. Tyrese Maxey, nobody in Philly thought he was going to be that dude. No, don't do that because you did not think he was going to be as good as he is now. You thought he was going to be maybe a really good role player, maybe a la Jamal Crawford, a la Lou Will. But the fact that Tyrese Maxey has literally blown our minds with, the, with his shooting prowess already tells us that none of us thought I mean, that he was going to be that. that, I believe. Right. But, the, but, again, that's projection. Andrew Painter is that same projection. If the man gets on the mound, it's over. That man had – they've literally compared him to every great pitcher in the last 30 years. Shohei is a one-off. I love that kid. I will love him next year for $600 million. But I'm not trading my world for four months. I'm just saying, get him in the building. <laughs> See what they see what they. But uh, you know, citizens. baseball ain't like football or basketball. It don't work the same way. I'm just saying that Citizens Bank part <laughs> when he hits that home run. No, the guy that I want, the guy that I'd be willing to trade everybody, and still Soto. not Painter. Yes, because that's the guy who wants to be here. That's the guy who's probably hey, going to be, here. Wants to be here. Come on, man, go back to the land of obscurity. Where was you at? Uh, the, the man already started talking like Trey. I want to go back to the East Coast. Philadelphia man, Nationals. Right. <laughs> he already said he went back to the East Coast. He's huge friends with Bryce because who isn't huge friends and with Trey. Bryce? And Trey. He, 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 uh, he really enjoyed the fact that Bryce mentored him. Not to, not to mention, if he, if he wasn't enamored with the Phillies, 
He could have told them no when they clearly asked him, and a la, you know what, let's tamper adjacent without having to tamper reality. Why don't you get on this private chat with us? Come back to Philly right before your series. Have a conversation with your old boys, Bryce and Trey. You know they back there. Oh, I got a guy you should meet. His name is Gangsta Thompson. He the manager. You going to like him. This is also the owner of John Middleton. He writes the checks. The man is back. He don't got a checkbook. The man, he make his money. He literally, he, he, go, he go in his bathroom and, Siri, can you deliver 600000 to my kitchen table by the time I get out? Yes, John. Would you like me to print it? Or would you like me to take it out your, out, out, out your stocks? Oh, no, just take it under my mattress. Because that's how much money he got. Then they just literally brought on another billionaire owner. The man don't care about money. Him and Steve Cohen about to go on spending wars for the next seven years. Six hundred thousand would be nice for him. It would be nice. That would be nice. But in five months, if you want to throw a billion at Shohei, I'm okay with it. But right now, I'm not giving a billion in my capital for Shohei. Because it's not guaranteeing me a World Series because baseball, unlike basketball and football, is a much harder game to win a chip. It's about statistics, strategy, and mindset. Ain't always about the best player because you want to know the best player last year that won the World Series was the Astros bullpen. It wasn't nobody on that team. It was their bullpen. Their bullpen destroyed us in the World Series. We couldn't do nothing against their So if you want to talk, get me an all-world bullpen. Then I'll be happy. Shohei, I don't need your 35 home oh, runs. Really? I got Kyle Schwarber. Oh, I got oh, Bryce. Oh, I got. Mean, oh, you mean like Hector Darius? Yeah, who? Another guy we let go and then became monstrous. He got like a point something ERA. Tata is letting go guys, and you want to give up more. But we're on, we're on Broad I still Street love Ce- you, though. We're on Broad Street <laughs> celebrating. You're going to forget all about this. You know I'm right. You know I'm on top of the mailbox <laughs> and climbing the poles. And I'm like, you know, I was the first guy to said it. Jamal, I'm like, yeah, whatever. But until then, I don't want Shohei. I do want Shohei, though. Real bad. <laughs> Showtime. Don't care. But anyway. I just don't want to give up the world. I would. I would. That's why y'all both broke. I give you a- <laughs> Wow. Like y'all can have Corey. I can't stand you. You would love it at the Angels. I would. They would treat you nice. You get a spinning chair. Empanadas. Empanadas. You just work (laughs) at the stadium, but you don't actually work at the stadium. Like, you're not in the front office, but you don't run any. Can we go to a baseball game? Yes. I'm asking Chris, not you. I know you'll go. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, so you're just Danny Glover and Angels in the outfield. Don't do that. That was one of my favorites. Anyway, I'm going to watch this. All right, we're over our time. This has been Chris Thomas. I'm Corey Moore. Jamal Thomas. And this has been the Run of Best Sports Show, Sports for the Culture, every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern on 98.5 WJYN. We will see you next week. Peace. Peace.